okay to get lost in Las Vegas? Oh, yeah. I was thinking about this the other day. You know, my son, uh, Jesse, uh, was out in Las Vegas when we had that 70th birthday celebration, but uh, actually was not in attendance at the big, uh, you know, gathering when everybody oh, got funny. together for the birthday dinner. Why? Because he was playing poker <laughs> at uh, a nearby casino. And I, I was thinking, I really respect that. I do. Some people that might have caused some kind of very, uh, you know, uh, uh, just uh, almost uh, abrasive kind of rip in the family. But, uh, you know, with me, and everybody accepted it. Oh, yeah, he's in a poker tournament. No problem, man. Let's hope he wins, which is great. The time. Wake up with Defoe, joined by Luby. Welcome to the Defoe Show. And a very pleasant good morning, everybody. Great to be with you here on the Depot Show. Jeff DeForest, uh, Mike Luby Lubitz. Hard to believe, man. It's cruising in on uh, almost two years ago. That 70th birthday celebration out in Las Vegas, uh, which uh, we had the uh, big dinner at the Mona Migabi, one of my favorite spots to uh, hang out at uh, when in Las Vegas, because uh, I'm a big people watcher. Naturally, um, we're in the observation business, are we not? Mike Luby Lubitz. How are you, Michael, uh, by the way? You look good uh, today, kid. Well, trivia last night at uh, the uh, Vega Lounge. Lounge. Yes, sir. Uh, How'd that go? Long. Oh, I'm fine. Uh, yeah, I've been getting nice crowds. It's uh, season, as they say, and you know, out east where you guys are, it's definitely in full swing. So we had a good yeah. time. How was your evening? Did you take in uh, playing game action? Uh, you know what? I couldn't find them. I, I didn't realize they were on uh, True TV. Yes. I, I checked all the usual suspects. Uh, you know, in terms of channels that would carry a college basketball game, and I even. Uh, Went ahead and I went with the voice command and said uh, college basketball. And I still couldn't find the damn thing. Unbelievable. I, I didn't even list it, uh, which I finally looked today in the TV listings in the New York Post and said true TV, which I guess used to be court TV. And I did watch a lot of court TV when it, when it first came on. I was kind of fascinated by the relatively pedantic nature of most trials. I mean, you could have a high and high profile murder trial like the Rick Ruth trial. And they proceeded uh, not at all like uh, you had uh, seen depicted on TV throughout your lifetime. Yep. It wasn't exactly Perry Mason <laughs> where, you know, at the last second, as they're about to send uh, a guy uh, to the chair that was, uh, you know, uh, cheating. Uh, I mean, there was the innocent husband of some wife that was being uh, he was being cheated on by. Uh, the guy in the back of the courtroom stands up at the last second and says, I can't stand it. I can't let this guy go to the chair. I did it. So, uh, you know, here's Lieutenant Trask, uh, right? And uh, who was he? Hamilton Berger was the uh, DA, remember? I mean, th these guys nearly sent like 300 innocent men to the chair. And they still kept getting reelected and reappointed. How, how is that possible? I mean, no, no wonder nobody uh, knows what they're doing out in Los Angeles. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was a very dramatic uh, presentation and the testimony was always very flamboyant. I mean, we saw some of that in the OJ trial. Uh, with uh, F. Lee Bailey going nuts and, uh, you know, uh, Barry Sheck going after uh, Mr. Fung like that. What do you think about that? Uh, no, who, who was uh, the guy that uh, cross-examined Fung? Was that Bailey? Uh, it wasn't F. Barry Sheck, was it? F. Lee Bailey or the Robert, what the hell was the other guy's name? Um, oh, it wasn't Bob Kardashian, man. He no, didn't do anything, Kardashian man. He just sat anything. there and you wondered how he got that one little silver piece of his hair. <laughs> he wasn't involved at all. The, um, yeah. And nobody knew who the Kardashians the were at the time. Famous had no idea. Johnny Cochran, Ashley Bailey, the DNA guy. Who was the other guy? What the hell? The guy. Oh, who, Dershowitz, maybe was he on not there? Alan I don't think Dershowitz uh, did any. The other guy, uh, you know, the other one that at the time and, I think and, became more popular than anyone, and then I think he 
did some criminal stuff. God, I'll have to look it up. I'll look it up. Anyway, yeah. No, he's, Shank he's was great involved. because he totally denounced everything that he was all about. Uh, where uh, he he was uh, trying to uh, make the impression with the jury that the DNA evidence was uh, completely inconclusive and uh, unreliable. And meanwhile, he had, uh, you know, this brilliant career where Robert he's done Shapiro. a lot of good. Robert Shapiro. Oh, Shapiro. Shapiro didn't do anything, though. Okay, I thought he was always, trial. okay, I thought he was like, oh, they always focused on him a lot. So I. Yeah, yeah, Shapiro was uh, supposedly the lead attorney, but uh, Cochran quickly took over. And Shapiro, uh, well, I think was like a tax lawyer, was shuffled off into the background there and, uh, I really didn't have a whole hell of a lot to do with the thing. Um, I'm going to say Bailey was the one that was going after Mr. Funk. That was great uh, during that trial. But you didn't, you didn't see uh, you know much in a way of dramatics in, in the regular trials that were on court TV. Uh, even uh, Ray Carruth, I guess it had that one spectacular moment where, uh, what was the guy's name? Uh, the uh, the uh, guy that uh, eventually uh, iced the uh, case for the uh, prosecution, Van Roy something. Uh, and, uh, he, he, uh, you know, points right at Ray Carruth. He says, that's the bitch right there, your client. And, uh, it was an unfortunate, uh, you know, uh, error made by the defense attorney, which how basic is this? Louis? even I know this, never ask a question in court that you don't already know the answer to. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's a bitch right there. Your client. I remember that. Van Roy something was the uh, guy. He, he ended up uh, doing a substantial amount of time anyway. All right. Uh, never mind all of that. True TV is where you'll find the games. I, I would have hit one of the games uh, last night. I, I thought Pittsburgh getting points what was uh, was a good play last night. Pittsburgh under the ACC, based on our conversation with Jim Larinaga, who always seems to be a little bit uh, put uh, you know uh, put back by the fact that uh, the ACC is uh, usually uh, underwhelmingly considered by the uh, NCAA committee of late. Anyway, it used to be I guess uh, they got you know a very favorable consideration, but uh, last year. Uh, uh, Jim Larinaga was saying the ACC was not being given its proper dose of respect, uh, and they did very well in the tournament, including the Canes going to uh, the round of eight, which uh, I don't know, Luby. I, I don't see it this year. Do you? I mean, if they do it, uh, you know, that's uh, congratulations are in order. But uh, do they get by Drake? I, I guess that's the big question. What do you think, Luby? Do they get by the first round? And then uh, I, I wouldn't overlook Indiana in the second round if that indeed turns out to be the I'm, I'm, I'm picking them to get through. I have a weird feeling either Omir will play or the fact that Drake supposedly relies on their guards a lot will play into Miami's hands. I'm thinking Miami will win, but it's not going to be a cakewalk. And, I yeah, I don't see them making the run they made last year. I can see them getting to Indiana, and then I don't know. I, I In my bracket, I picked them to get past Indiana, but – I think I'm just being biased. Like we were having Larinaga on the day I did it, so I was yeah. Kane's uh, love fest. Um, I think they get by Drake, but yes, those who picked the Drake upset, I don't think it was a stupid move. Like it seems like more people are picking Drake to win that game than Miami. Yes, uh, in fact, your man Howie Hoops, uh, who uh, I mean, this is not necessarily a good development. Howie Casoy uh, is the guy's name. We've had him on the show uh, a long time ago when he was red hot. We, we couldn't help but have him on the show when we were doing radio. And uh, we haven't talked to this guy in a long time, but uh, he has gone south ever since then because uh, they keep having to uh, post his all-time record. I guess he's been doing this for about 12 years for the New York Post, this guy, Howie Kasoy. And he started out on fire, Luby. There was a year where Colin Coward was picking uh, college football games and I guess pro years football ago, games yeah, yeah. where he, he just had a gargantuan upside year. And everybody thought, wow, this guy's a genius. And ever since then, it's been a disaster. Uh, our good buddy, uh, may he rest in peace, Hank Goldberg, had one of those years 
uh, with ESPN. And, you know, surprisingly, you would think in this negative world where everybody wants to uh, be a detractor and put you down and find a way to, you know, reduce you to mouse meat, uh, that uh, they would only remember your bad years. But uh, it seemed like that one good year that Hank had had him uh, with a, a very heightened opinion and elevated opinion by the general public uh, about his acumen to pick football games. And then I, I kind of followed us because I knew Hank, and uh, it seemed like every year he, he was giving out loser after loser and, and had uh, sub-500 records or somewhere around 500, which is uh, you know just enough to get you destroyed also. Because uh, you know what's going to eat you up in this business, Luby? The vig, the juice. <laughs> There's no free pass on the juice, even for the big man himself. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, public handicapping is not the easiest of things to do, is it? Uh, you know, you, you can more often be made to look like a complete fool, which is why I'm not necessarily going to follow our good friend Jim Sarney's suggestion that uh, we start the show today by uh, going through every game in the NCAA tournament yeah, and giving our I, opinion. I'm like, he's like, Jay Billis says, I'm like, good, then they should go to Jay Billis. Because if they're expecting that from us, I wouldn't hold their breath. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, uh, look, it it doesn't look like there are uh, any upsets to sniff out in the in the very, uh, you know, overwhelming disparity seated games uh, where, you know, you have a one versus 16 or two versus 15. And uh, like I said yesterday, uh, you know, you start looking maybe three versus 14 if you can find one. But uh, the problem is that we we don't know enough about those uh, 14th and, and 13th seeds, do we? 12 seeds. Uh, you know, even Drake, we know a little bit about because uh, we had heard about uh, their chances of being somewhat decent uh, from uh, Scott Spinelli, who had joined us on the show. We keep referencing that interview, but uh, it really sticks out to me because the last thing I expected was to see Miami planted in there uh, against Drake. I, I, I thought Miami might even get a higher seed than number five, although that was a common speculation all the way through. And, and when they lost to uh, Duke in, in the ACC tournament, having only, uh, you know, accumulated one win over Wake Forest in that tournament and, and blowing a 17-point lead to win by two in that one, uh, you thought, uh, all right, you know, they're, they're really not going to give the Canes uh, that much consideration. But we'll, we'll be rooting for them, and, and we'll see what happens. Uh, last night, uh, Texas uh, A&M Corpus Christi, also uh, known as uh, Texas A&M Community College, uh, they advance uh, into the uh, big dance, actually into the main bracket there. And uh, Pittsburgh with a one-point victory over Mississippi State. So uh, two games uh, on the uh, slate tonight. And uh, then we'll get into the tournament. Uh, 12 o'clock tips off on uh, Thursday. Uh, Typically, uh, almost a a holiday-like feeling, right? Is it not like Passover and Easter all rolled uh, into one for degenerate (laughs) betters? People that never wager on college basketball all of a sudden will be sending it in with both fists. And, um, you know, we, we wish everybody the best of luck. Uh, I, I don't know that I've uh, even come close to uh, considering who might win the whole thing. Do, do you have a general impression of the winner of the tournament, Luby? I mean, do you have a team that you think is uh, primed to win this thing this year, e- even a couple? Because, uh, you know, and uh, obviously the number one seeds are going to come uh, quickly into play. But uh, is there any team that you sit as we speak right now, Mike Luby Lubitz, and think, mm-hmm. okay, they're going to walk away with the championship this year. My problem is with all. It's so funny because the SEC uh, does this thing where they like hunker down, and when things go bad, they somehow bring it together. Like you saw that with Auburn, with Cam Newton, and Alabama, the lane like it feels like when things are going weird for the SEC schools, they play better. And it seems like ever since the Brandon, like Alabama was already good. Don't get me wrong. They were a top yeah. three team all year. 
it seems like when the Brandon Miller stuff happened, they got better. It's fucking weird, but like yeah. they, it seemed like they're like it's us against you know same. The Georgia players to this day are saying everyone counted us out. It's like yeah, that roster full of five stars. No one gave you a shot. <laughs> like Alabama, it, it, they've been top three all year, and it feels like Nate Oates has somehow fooled them to believing that it's everyone else's fault that they're in the middle yeah. of this shitstorm. Whatever it is, I have this weird feeling that, and they played insane. And they're the number one overall seed, and that team rarely wins. But for like all this garbage around them has made them like go old school, and it's us against the world. I just have this weird feeling that they're going to win it all. I picked them, and I, I have I have this feeling that Alabama is just going to be like, all right, if we're going to get arrested, we might as well have one last great night. You know, like that's what it <laughs> feels like. Um, you know, hey, we should have an over under. Uh... Especially if Alabama makes it, uh, you know, all, all the way to the final game. But uh, over under number of times or lack of number of times, I, I guess, uh, is it going to be zero that any of these incidents are actually uh, mentioned and defined uh, regarding Brandon Miller and and what actually took place there? Two guys are still in jail there, uh, accused of, uh, I guess it's first degree murder. They remain uh, in jail without bond. A guy, you know, Miles and uh, uh, whoever uh, the other accomplice was uh, in this thing, they're they're both still in a slammer. Brandon Miller apparently uh, has not been implicated, uh, you know, any further than the fact that uh, it is known that uh, it was his gun that uh, what was the uh, murder weapon and uh, that and he somehow has been absolved of um, any kind of criminal activity or complicity uh, in this case, which, you know, if it's if that's the way that it should be, then fine. I, I don't know. I would imagine authorities uh, take a. Uh, very, uh, you know, a lot of scrutiny in uh, looking at uh, whether or not to charge this guy with anything or implicate him or or even say, hey, you should keep this kid on ice. But um, we, we know that didn't happen. So so will uh, CBS in its uh, due diligence uh, mention what happened? Uh, what uh, during is it necessary to, to reference this uh, every time Alabama steps on the court? What do you think? <laughs> I would. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to. I feel like, like here's Brandon Miller. And the last time we saw him, he was delivering a gun to a guy who killed somebody. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, or did they just ignore it? I mean, can you really ignore a story of that level of, uh, you know, I mean, uh, where, where somebody actually, uh, a mother, uh, ended up dead uh, uh, near near the campus of Alabama. This Nate Oates is the best at playing the woman, what woman routine. As uh, he, he seems to be unaware that anything of a tragic nature happened. Well, I mean, you know, it would be uncommon for college kids to be involved in something like this. You would have to say it wasn't like uh, these were bank robbers. These were college basketball players, for God's sake. Yes. So, uh, you know, to be involved in a murder seems uh, like a bit of a stretch, uh, you know, even by today's standards of uh, criminal activity among athletes. Um, will that be mentioned? I, I don't know. Is it important to mention it over and over again or do we all know the story? What do you think, Libby? A woman um, is dead. People know the story, um, yeah. and I get that, that we want to. I don't want. I don't want to call it sports washing, but that sort of feels like what we want to do. We want to yeah. focus on the games, and that's why March Madness is great. Because even though college sports is really a business, we can be Tony Segreto. We all can be Tony Segreto. Tony's going to join us later on. I don't on know how he feels about that, and I'm sure he'll focus on the games and the bright lights and the fun and the the yeah. the passion that's arisen. And that's and look, the child in me wants to be naive. You hate to take a cynical view of everything. I mean, uh, you know, and taint the entire tournament, which uh, obviously, I mean, look, it, right off the bat, this Drake team has a Cinderella story, you know, one that's kind of a common thread that we've seen before in NCAA tournaments where the coach's son is among the leading players and catalysts 
or whatever success they have. I mean, holy uh, Pete Maravich, impress. Yeah. And uh, well, we've seen this, uh, you know, a few times where the coach's son has really lit it up or been uh, an integral part uh, of some kind of uh, Cinderella run. And that would certainly be the case here. I mean, uh, Drake would, if they made it outside of the, uh, you know, if they, they get to the Sweet 16, um, you know, they're, they're all of a sudden becoming uh, like a St. Peter's Loyola of Chicago type of story, no? Yes. Oh, Drake, yeah. I mean, Drake, look, there's lots of great stories. The, my problem is around Alabama, Brandon Miller shouldn't be playing to me. So whenever he does play, I would mention it because I they haven't <laughs> – Shouldn't there be uh, like a graphic supered up there? Man was involved as a possible accomplice in a murder. (laughs) Whenever, you know, they show his free throw percentage, his field goal percentage, how much points, and also still involved in an ongoing investigation of a murder of a woman. Yes. Possible accomplice to a a murder. Yeah. Okay. Honestly. Uh, It's, I I, I don't know how the guy is absolved of all complicity in that thing after, uh, you know, the, the way the details were, I mean, uh, my understanding of it was, uh, you know, if you if you were the person that, uh, by request, provided the guy with the murder weapon, I mean, uh, you, you may you may not have been on the scene when it happened, but uh, you know, there seems to be a little problem there, You're doesn't involved. there? You're involved. Yeah. You shouldn't be playing basketball. That that's that's my stance. So, I it's not going to happen. I mean, look, we know how this goes. What they may mention it at the beginning of the first game. I mean, that's it. They're not going to do it. It's not going to be a recurring theme. Especially no, no that would ruin the coverage. Yeah, nobody would, <laughs> nobody would watch. They don't say, "Well, this is disgusting." What are, what are we talking about? Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, so, so that uh, two more playing games today. Uh, there yes. wasn't. Uh, I don't know that there was a tremendous amount of steam around the playing games. Although for the people involved, the programs obviously it had a tremendous uh, depth of meaning. And uh, the tournament gets underway uh, Thursday at twelve o'clock. Uh, well, what's interesting in some of the brackets, they've already filled in like the uh, play-in game winner. Yes. Even though that hasn't been established yet. <laughs> Which I find, uh, I mean, couldn't that just fuck up the entire thing? Yes. Well, that's the thing is I always just go with the chalk in those games. So if the play-in team. Pittsburgh was a dog, though, last night by like a point and a half, something like that. They were. And then they won. When it was supposed yeah. to be like a dog fight, which is interesting. It came down to the wire. Um, that's the thing that can screw you up is when the play-in team makes a run. Because most people just have them out. <laughs> so if they make a run, you're sort of screwed. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't have any good feeling for any of the playing teams. So I just dispatch them. I, two of them come in as uh, number 11 seeds. So that, that's not insignificant. I mean, uh, you would have to say if if you're looking at twos versus 15s and, and five versus 12s, then naturally the number 11 seed would have to be accorded at least a little bit of a shot. All right. All right so uh, essentially what we're saying here, and it's taken us about 20 minutes to establish, yes. we don't have a flying clue. I know nothing. As to what's going to happen in this tournament. No idea whatsoever. So 100%. for us to go game by game, I, I think would be a foolish Stupid. exercise <laughs> in the complete and total utter futility unless you wanted to keep track of all of our picks and go the other way and figure that of the uh, 32 games that we're probably wrong about, what, the majority of them, I'd maybe 20? 20. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chalk will win enough that I'll win enough games. But so, yeah, the picking yeah, of the upset ahead. is the thing that you have to do well, and I don't know. It's a crap. The immortal words of the great Gordon Soli. There you have it, my friends. There you have it. We, we know nothing. Now, what I do know is this. I mean, they're going crazy. And this would be one of the great stiff jobs of all time, would it not? If Aaron Rodgers decided to retire. 
<laughs> or decided uh, that he was going to play, but he was never going to play for the New York Jets after they went out. To, now, free agency had a ton of activity yesterday, Libby. Yes. Like a ton of activity. The NFL, I mean, never to take a backseat to anybody, in spite of all of this uh, euphoria and the, the excitement and the buzz about March Madness. And I, I do believe, I mean, a college basketball tournament, whether you watch the college game all year long or not, still is very fulfilling. It's it's kind of the essence of what sports is, yes. where, you know, the story is bigger sometimes than the actual results of games themselves. Yes. Correct? I mean, yes. and the story has various levels of extrapolation, including, you know, when you see a kid like Steph Curry for Davidson, a skinny little kid, and then the speculation comes, hey, could he be a pro? Uh, you know, and uh, if somebody takes a shot on him, what was he drafted, number seven or eight overall? Seven, I think seven. Right. Uh, you know, which uh, you could have made a very uh, significant case that uh, the first six guys really blew it by not taking Steph Curry. Yes. Uh, but that was a story that emerged during the tournament. I, I don't know that Steph Curry. I mean, uh, he, he was a known player. It wasn't like he was a complete unknown, a complete unknown. Wasn't like he came out of a door song. But, uh, you know, I mean, ha- had you really seen enough of him to say, wow, that, that guy's really going to be a dynamic presence in the NBA? And there, there was still doubt about that, much like there is with. To a Tango Bailoa as a, a possible, uh, you know, franchise type quarterback. Two more years, Louis. We got him for two more years, but yeah, they're yeah. already investing money in big time backups. Yes. But a lot of activity, NFL free agency yesterday. Yeah, and yet, uh, the, the one bombshell that everybody's waiting for is uh, whether or not, and, and uh, my friend Sean Mack came over last night and he was like, they did it, they did it, they signed him. Oh, yeah, I'm like, sign who? I, I didn't see anything about that. Uh, Aaron Rodgers making it official, and uh, the hang-up is killing people. It absolutely is torturing well, people. What's happening today? He's going to go on Pat McAfee today. So, I mean, there's no way he wasn't doing it without doing it on his show. Like, Isn't that great, man? Yeah. McAfee, what a benefit this guy has had from having Aaron Rodgers as his exclusive. It'd be like having Pete Rose call you and say, you know what, Thief? Why don't you get a podcast together, and I'll admit that I've been on baseball, uh, you know, on your show before my book comes out. Now, most rumors, and I don't know why you wouldn't just admit to this, or Aaron Rodgers is highly involved in that show, like financially. Like, I would think, yeah. He's not just going only on that show and going to be weirdly honest only on that show for free. We, I mean, we've seen what he he doesn't hide. You don't anything. think Schefter feels totally jilted? You know, that oh, Pat yeah. McAfee's getting this scoop and that he has to tune into some guy's show to find out what's going on. They're like the thing with the kids with the uh, National Letter of Intent, they, where they, they got six caps and then finally the guy puts on a cap and it's you know, like an ill-fitting Alabama cap. <laughs> and you go, hey, what a surprise. He's signing with Nick. <laughs> But that's what Rogers is doing on a professional level, is he not? Yeah. I mean, uh, going to unveil what he's doing on some podcast, uh, which is great. I, you know, it, it would be nice if it was ours. Uh, it would probably increase uh, increase the volume of uh, yes of clicks that we got that particular day. Uh, I mean, isn't the general consensus and feeling that uh, okay? I mean, no matter what he's done to drag this out and dramatize everything as usual. That he's probably going to sign with the Jets or end up being traded to the Jets and sign there. Yes. Uh, rework his contract. And uh, they've, they've already, he, he had a demand list. I love it. And they signed this Alan Lazard. Now, now the Jets already had uh, this. Uh, it's Wilson, right? Is the guy's Gary name? The Wilson. wide receiver is outrageous. Receiver. Yes. That guy's great. I mean, what, what you know, a, any any kind of uh, supporting, uh, you know, wide receiving core to that kid. Uh, would have to make you a, a very dynamic passing uh, attack type of team, especially with Aaron Rodgers at the helm. So so that looks good. They signed this guy, Lazard, who is uh, one of his favorite targets with the Green Bay Packers. I believe they yeah, – and they also uh, got uh, 
uh, Hackett, the, the uh, departed coach from the Denver Broncos, yes. to be their offensive coordinator, who was very close, I guess, with Rodgers when uh, he was the uh, OC at Green Bay. Yes. So they've done a lot to try and accommodate Aaron Rodgers, including, I guess, one of his demands was that they dig up Fuzzy Thursday <laughs> and have him parade out on the field, uh, you know, at, at the beginning of all ball games, They want him to wield a dead body, uh, the uh, decaying body of Fuzzy Thurston out there so they could celebrate all of the years that Rodgers had with the uh, Green Bay Packers. And he always felt that uh, Thurston was, uh, you know, uh, underappreciated because uh, uh, Jerry Kramer got a lot of the attention there and some of the other guys that were on those great Packer teams. So uh, that was one of his requests, and I, I think this is something that came to him while he was sitting in the darkness there <laughs> for four fucking days uh, with no lights on. Well, what is up with that? I, you know, I guess you find your inner being and figure out a way to throw more touchdown passes. Uh, maybe we should try it. What do you yeah, think? Why don't we just shut the lights out here and, and sit here for four days and see what happens? I don't need more darkness. I have plenty of darkness in my life. I can't even wipe my ass without having a light on. What are you talking about? Aaron Rodgers is going to be in complete darkness for days. And this is the guy. I mean, think about the the strangeness that comes along with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, And is that not sort of uh, seeping into, uh, you know, his ability to perform on the field? Do you you feel that? Look, the excitement around the move to me doesn't make any sense. I understand when you had Zach Wilson and Mike White who are not NFL quarterbacks starting for you and you have all this talent around it and you're like, Oh my God, we're so close. We just get a quarterback. So yes, he's an upgrade over them, but New York fans. And this is what the New York fans do are acting like they're getting Aaron Rodgers circa 2010. Like this isn't Aaron Rodgers, 2010. Like yes, two years ago, he won an MVP. He didn't last year. <laughs> like the most well, last year, he, he started out. I mean, the team was cold at the beginning, and, and then they caught fire uh, near the end. And unfortunately, uh, you know, after beating the Dolphins for Green Bay, I mean, unfortunately, uh, they, they lost that game to the Lions at the end of the season, missed the playoffs. I, I, he still has ability, but his ability is getting to that Terrell Owens point where is his ability outweighing all the. The, the crap, I don't want to say, I don't want to say craziness, but all the crap. Like, Which will be field. exacerbated, too, uh, in New York. I yeah. mean, when, when he has to try and explain some of this bizarre behavior and uh, isn't, you know, you, you would imagine he's going to be a little bit reluctant to do that. Green Bay is like Al- being at Al- University of Alabama. Nick Saban gets mad over the, the reporters and fawn over him the right way. So he gets pissed. Like, it's Green Bay. There's no way they're not just fawning over the Packers. They need the Packers. So, like, I, he's now going to a city that they openly are antagonistic of the players in the city. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, the Jets fans, I guess, should be excited because they're making a move. But I, I'm confi- I, I think it's going to be a shit show. <laughs> like, I, I am just waiting, lying in wake waiting to see how badly it blows up because that's what it feels like is going to happen. Like, what he's doing, he's already doing this. A little yeah. list, you need to sign, and it's all garbage guys. Randall Cobb's in his 80s. Uh, like <laughs> Mercedes Lewis, I thought, was on a coaching staff somewhere. And Alan Lazard, he's like a fourth receiver. Like, I, I like... Like, what are you doing? Like, I, I, like, and then they're doing it. It's like, oh my god. Well, yeah. I mean, to allow this uh, guy to dictate personnel moves uh, does seem a little bit far fetched, doesn't it? I mean, you think Pat Riley would stand for that? If uh, Jimmy no, Butler he said, won't. "Hey, I'm only coming here if uh, you know you sign Chuck Nevitt." Well, the problem yeah. is he did do it, and that's why Kyle Lowry's here. Yeah. The only reason he got Lowry is because of Jimmy Butler. It doesn't want. I literally wrote, "Ask LeBron." <laughs> like that's what's great. Is next year when he's bitching about the talent around him. It's going to be funny because he's the reason that talent's there. Yes. <laughs> like, oh, no, no. LeBron, the worst GM in basketball. 
<laughs> in spite of the fact that uh, he's won championships uh, with, with uh, you know, a variety of teams now, three different teams, which uh, is something that even the great Michael Jordan uh, never had to venture out and do. So, uh, you know, when people are comparing the six rings versus, uh, what is it, four for LeBron? Yeah. I mean, they have to consider he did that with three different teams, which, yes. uh, you know, Four different teams, honestly. It's, accomplishment uh, a little bit more, uh, you know, I mean, uh, more intense in terms of the degree of difficulty. Uh, I mean, the Jets' next option is to sign Bart Starr. It really is. I mean, look, they've, they've gone this route before with former Green Bay quarterbacks. Brett Favre, uh, final years, he actually was okay with the Jets there when he when he got there. He wasn't terrible, but uh, it wasn't going to last long. Aaron Rodgers, you figure at best, is a two-year proposition. Yep. And uh, are the Jets in a position to win right now? And would you put yourself through the, this much indignity in, in uh, crawling on your hands and knees? Uh, you know, it did work. I remember, uh, I, I'll never forget, they had this uh, shot of Mickey Arison and Pat Riley. And uh, I don't know who else was with them. It might have been Andy Ellisberg. And they were all kind of stuffed into a car, a small car. I almost, I mean, you know, I hate to make this reference because obviously these guys are very serious people, but it was like clowns in a Volkswagen. It really was. There were like 12 guys in this car, and it was a shot of them driving to get their opportunity to get on their hands and knees and beg LeBron James to play for the Heat. I remember all these different teams were sending their contingent of ambassadors and executives, and they were all just, you know, sitting in front of LeBron James, kind of like uh, those recruits were in front of Calipari. Remember when we were at the Final Four in yeah. Houston? And we said, well, what is this? Like a convention of seven-footers? There was a line of seven-footers out the door. And we're thinking, well, where does this line, uh, you know, I mean, where does this line lead to? And uh, sure enough, as, as it snaked around the lobby of the, uh, you know, uh, hotel that was uh, the center for activity for the Final Four, uh, there with uh, no socks on, a pair of white pants, looking like he had just spent the weekend in the Bahamas smoking cigars and, uh, and drinking cold beers. What was uh, a very casual-looking John Calipari, and, and these seven-footers were on their hands and knees begging to be able to go to Kentucky. <laughs> and then I wonder this guy wins a lot. Look at the, the way that he operates. It's fantastic. So uh, a big mess in New York. And uh, I don't know, does that come down today, that decision? I think I, I think he does the Pat McAfee show and he announces it and well, yay! I, I I I'm just curious to see what it is. <laughs> like I really am to see what is it. Brett Favre because Brett Favre was good for half a year. He was great. Yeah. And then he looked old, and then the Jets sucked. Like I I, I sort of feel like this is following that same pattern. Uh, this is probably backwards for the viewers out there, but yes. uh, bait world. of the world is bait the headline. Of the bait of the world. You know how you, you've probably been, uh, you know, in situations where you've been fishing and there's some giant fish in the area there and you throw out like your best piece of bait and, and no bites, nothing. And then uh, some guy comes along with like, a, you know, a lure that is so obvious that it's a fake piece of fish and then whoosh, the blue marlin, you know, snatches onto that. Uh, I, I don't know what other options are out there. I mean, do you oh, hear no. anybody else that's cowering, uh, you know, in, uh, in pursuit of, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers? At this point, willing to not only, uh, you know, pay Rodgers, whatever it is they're going to have to pay him, which guy was scheduled to make $60 million, so they reworked the deal, what, down to fifty? I mean, he's going to want gonna... money. He's not yeah. accepting less. There's nothing out there. For, that's why it's happening. Both parties are screwed. I don't know if they're screwed. Both parties are going to dance with each other. Like, the Jets have no one. I mean, Jimmy G's gone. Even Mike White, who they supposedly liked, is gone. There's no one left for them. Lamar yeah. Jackson. I mean, Lamar Jackson's going to end up with the Ravens. They're just doing some weird... Tete-a-tete, but he's going to end up with the Ravens. Um, Like, there's no one out there, so the Jets need Rodgers. And for Rodgers, 
No one wants him. <laughs> like, it, there's too much garbage there. Like, the Jets and the Rodgers have made their bed, and we'll see how comfortable they lie in it. Only the Jets could really royally screw this up, right? Where, where they had many opportunities to uh, oh, go ahead and at least add in a guy that was uh, more than serviceable at quarterback, uh, which I would consider Derek Carr to be. I don't know about Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I don't know that they necessarily whiffed uh, by not getting Garoppolo, but uh, he certainly was a better solution to uh, the fact that, as you said, they, they have nobody right now. Uh, Mike White, uh, you know, didn't look like somebody that uh, the Jets uh, were ready to count on anymore after uh, a disastrous. So what was the game he played where he was just absolutely god awful? And then that was it. And they went to like Flacco after that, right? They just uh, said, hey, that's it. We, we, can't, we can't run with this guy anymore. Uh, you know, and, and he ends up here. So, so we'll see. And, and you know, he, he's in a position but with uh, the fragile nature of Tua Tagovailoa, where you know that may be your Dolphins quarterback. All of these other moves could be a wash. What we'll, we'll find out. We'll get to the bottom of that in just a second. Here, Chris Perkins is going to join us. Covers the uh, Dolphins and of course the NFL on a regular basis for the South Florida Sun Sentinel. Just when he thought he was out, they pulled him back in. And then uh, eight o'clock hour, we'll have Tony Segreto, and uh, we'll, we'll uh, also uh, have Ed Garcia with us. And uh, we have to thank Ed for just an amazing time at Texas Roadhouse Restaurant uh, on uh, in Miramar on Monday night. That that was that was an eye-opening experience for me, uh, Luby. I hadn't been to a Texas Roadhouse in a while. And, uh, you know, I, I always thought about, wow, I, can they possibly compete, really, in terms of quality while charging less than half of what other places do for uh, their steaks? Now, I, I took half of it home, at least, and I, I consumed it yesterday. The rest of that steak... And even cold down at the fridge, it was you could tell, man, man, this is a quality piece of meat, man, unbelievable. Twenty nine ninety nine with a couple of sides for a bone in ribeye, yeah, cooked to perfection. Great, yeah. Although I, I think you might have gotten my steak there, Libby. Yours it looked, looked a little blood rare there. Uh, I, I was going for the rare. Mine was. I was just going to ask. Mine was pink. So I, you you get rare plus, and I'm like, okay, what's the difference between medium rare and rare plus? Because yours looked more red than mine. Look. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, All and right. I was like. But it didn't, because that's the thing. The professor likes it rare, and, and I know you'll order rare. Rare is. I, I like it rare, but sometimes when you order steaks rare, even, even in my, the most premium of steakhouses, that they they don't cook them at all. That's my problem. I, I yeah. I don't mind if it was rare. I mean, I, I don't want it raw. I, 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 I rare is rare to me, and uh, I think the definition of rare has kind of changed over the years. That's my thing. Is what the idea of rare is is what I would want. Yeah. But they end up doing like the, what the professor likes, which is like the purple. And I don't want it purple. I want it red. Like, I don't want it purple. So that's why I always go medium rare. And it was cooked at medium rare, and I liked it. Yours yeah. look even more red. And I'm like, thanks. So was that a thing I should get? Do I get rare plus? I'm like. I the rare plus, uh, you know, is a weird designation also. Because, uh, I mean, I don't know. If you're the chef back there, it, I'm sure they have this, uh, you know, figured out for, on a timing basis, uh, you know, where, you know, okay, rare, you, you leave it on the grill for eight minutes yep, or whatever, yep. but uh, temperatures. flip it after four. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I would always rather have them bring me out a steak that was uh, undercooked than overcooked. That's true. Even if it's undercooked to the point where it's not exactly what I wanted, I, I would rather, you know, stagger my way through that and, and not complain about it than, than have them bring me something that's like a shoe. <laughs> and then, and then you have to send it back, and, and you're like, uh, you know, I, I feel terrible about that when it happens. I just liked it. between Ed, who got medium, I got medium rare, you got rare plus. They actually all three look different. 
which is not always the, it's case. the way it should be. <laughs> it's yes, not always yes. the case. So, like, no, usually they'll no. just eh, medium. <laughs> you know? It's not happening at the Sizzler like that. Let's exactly, put it that way. Exactly. All right, Chris Perkins coming up here. Uh, he's going to join us uh, by telephone, yes. so uh, no visual of Chris. Uh, I always like him when he's sitting out there, uh, you know, puffing on a cigar by the swimming pool. And, uh, you know, it, it's always good to see him, too, because uh, he's got one of the great smiles in the broadcasting and, yes. uh, and uh, newspaper business. Always makes you feel good. So he's going to join us here. Well, we'll try and straighten out some of this uh, NFL stuff that's taking place. You saw your including Mostert. some Mostert, What's that? Tesla teased it Monday. He should yeah. have broken it. With Mostert it. back, yeah. Mostert back. And uh, they, what was it? Jeff Wilson is the guy's Mostert name. Uh, yes. The other guy they got from San Francisco last year. Yes. Uh, they, they also signed him. Uh, Tesla had a big day yesterday. Uh, Mostert uh, signed. And that guy, Joseph, his kicker from Minnesota, uh, also uh, re-upped the deal with the oh, nice. uh, Minnesota Vikings. Oh, good. Uh, the South Florida product. I'm trying to figure out 3% of what? I mean, uh, what, what do you figure Moster got, like $6 million a year or something like, like that? I don't like figuring that out because it makes me, and I love Tesla, so I'm happy he's doing so well, but it makes me yeah. sort of sick to think I'm like, Yeah, yeah, really that he made more that? money in one signing than, than you made in the last two years. I mean, uh, you know, that, that's that's kind of rough. Uh, like, but, uh, no, you know what? He deserves every every penny no, of it. He, he really hard. does. I, get into a business that's lucrative, right, where, where there is money. <laughs> I thought this was that business. <laughs> <laughs> well, at one time it was. I, I can assure you, we, we were all living a very good lifestyle, well above what the uh, you know level of ability and effort uh, probably uh, you know what would have uh, you know uh, would have uh, you know been considered. Uh, all right, we're coming back with Chris Perkins in a moment. Now that couldn't figure out the word there, so we just left it at that. It's uh, seven thirty-seven. Hey, folks, Tony Segreto here. Let me ask you a question: What do you look for when you go out to eat? Good food, obviously, friendly atmosphere, not too loud, but good energy, reasonable prices, and a place where you feel comfortable. All those ingredients, <laughs> no pun meant there, are hard to find unless you're talking about the Texas Roadhouse. You see, they encompass all of those attributes, really, really good food, amazing atmosphere, good for a family, good for a date, or just a night out for yourself, and prices that will make you extremely happy. Their ribs unmatched, steaks hand-cut every day. Everything, and I mean everything, is made on site, including their incredible bread. It's the one day, folks, that you can forget about low-carb diets. Trust me when I tell you, Texas Roadhouse, your restaurant, your destination, when you say, where should we go and eat tonight? From the newly renovated sports bar to the beautiful bayside views captured at the Tiki Bar, Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill has it all. Located at mile marker 104, the Big Chill also offers waterfront dining, while experiencing breathtaking sunset views of the Florida Keys. It's simply the hottest spot in the Keys to cool off. That's Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill at mile marker 104 in Key Largo. For more information, call today at 305-453-9066. This is another guy that I think is doing exactly what he set out to do. I bet if you go back to his elementary school uh, yearbook, if they had one, uh, not only was the the editor and publisher, but he probably made the statement, you know what I'd like to do? I'd like to be the number one featured guy on the Miami Dolphins beat after a sensational career with a very diverse background in various uh, sports coverage aspects, but with the uh, you know Sun Sentinel and many other newspapers, the great Chris Perkins joins us here on the show. Chris, how are you, my friend? Defo, I, I, at my age, I think my yearbook was done with a uh, piece of uh, granite and a chisel, right? Far <laughs> <laughs> back my yearbook goes. <laughs> Enjoy your trip to work with lots of laughs, thanks to Defo and Luby. Now on the Defo Show. 
All right, welcome back to the show. Uh, good to have you with us here. Uh, Tony Segreto joins us, goes all school in the 8 o'clock hour. In the meantime, always a pleasure to welcome uh, the uh, author of those uh, last comments here and the author of many a fine article in the South Florida Sun Sentinel, especially on the Miami Dolphins beat, where he is the uh, number one guy, the Miami Dolphins columnist for the South Florida Sun Sentinel. The great Chris Perkins joins us here on the show. Chris, how are you, my friend? Default man, I am uh, trying trying not to get swept up into uh, Dolphin Street. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's going around, yeah. man. It's going around. Yeah. Well, we've been asking this question. Now, we had Jason Cole on, one of your good friends uh, and uh, contemporaries in the uh, NFL coverage business uh, yesterday. And uh, we're trying to figure out uh, how many blockbuster moves can you make as a franchise or an organization in sports and still remain mediocre. So (laughs) have the Dolphins made any progress? Because they certainly made some blockbuster moves. They they have made some blockbuster moves, but uh, look, we we see this happen a lot, right? Mm -hmm. We can look to uh, our friends in the NBA with the Philadelphia 76ers and Boston Celtics, right? That you just make move after move after move and you never, you never get that title. So it can happen. We'll see what happens with the Dolphins. Here's what I do tell people though, because there's a lot of, uh, I hear a lot of the TV people saying, Oh, the Dolphins are interested Super Bowl contenders and you know, this and that. And and I'm like, look, uh, the last time we saw this team, they were losing six out of seven, right? They had lost five in a row. They were winless in December. And I think that everybody wants to freeze time at eight and three and think that's what this team was. And it's like, nah, you were nine and eight. And, you know, uh, and I know people like to say, if Tua stays healthy, these guys are X, Y, and C. But Tua was healthy for that San Francisco game. Tua right. was healthy for that Chargers game. So what I'm saying is, let's, you know, let's, let's ease back here. There's reason to definitely be excited if you're a Dolphins fan because this team – they, they seem to have a plan now. It's not just this bit by bit, we'll add in Dominican Sue, and, and then we'll add Mike Wallace, and we'll see what happens. This is a plan, right, where, where you, 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 know, you, you get Mike McDaniel, and you get Tyreek Hill, and you get Teron Armstead, and in the middle of the season, you get Bradley Chubb, and the next offseason, you get Nick Fangio, and you make the Jalen Ramsey trade. So it's a series of events over the last 12 months, and it seems like there's a master plan. That's why Dolphins fans should be excited. But let's not go too far. Let's not put the cart before the horse, right? So, or, or you know, so that, that, that's all I'm saying is that, that there's reason to be excited, but let's not get overly excited yet. Well, look, and Defoe talks about this. It's like the the big thing on the I chart, IF. If, like, it, it, look, that's yeah. the issue for them. If they stay healthy and it's not just two, that's what's annoying about it. There's like six guys that if they stay healthy. But on paper, they have put together a roster that's as talented as any in the league. And that's the one thing I will fight with people when they just want to hate, fine. Yes, will they stay healthy? Who the hell knows? But on paper, they're as, health, as talented as anyone, including Tua. Yes, they struggled as a team, but... And he had his struggles, but overall, he was like top five in almost every major quarterback category, which is all you were going to ask of him for last year. His big issue is staying healthy. What I do like, and you said it, is instead of signing a sue because Mike Tannenbaum's horrible at his job and he just wants to look like he's good at his job, like they're signing people that are positions of need that should fit what they're trying to do. 
which is not like Brandon Marshall was a great move. Who knew if he was going to work or not? Mike Wallace, same thing. Like these are all guys that should that are fitting places of need. They're filling holes. Now the question I have for you is the remaining holes left. How do they fill those? Like I, we keep hearing Jordan Poyer is a done deal as safety. Okay, well, he's going to take a lot of money. Where do you have now money for those two offensive line spots that you have to fill? Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't view Jordan Poyer as a need. Jordan Poyer would be a, a, a luxury, right? Yep. Because you already have Brandon Jones and Sean Collins back yep. there. So you have two good starters. You have two quality starters there. Uh you, you have a need at left guard. Yes. You know, because Liam Eichenberg is, is, is you know, he 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 probably needs to be replaced as a starter. At right tackle, I think you're, you could be okay with Austin Jackson returning. We don't know what Austin Jackson is. He was injured all last season. And then Brandon Shell as a backup. And if Brandon Shell has to start, well, you're okay. Here's how I view offensive line, Luby. Okay. You're not going to be good at all five spots. Very few teams are good at all five spots. If you can nail down three of them, you're good. And ideally, it would be the center and the two tackle spots Mm -hmm. that you nail down. In the Dolphins' case, you have center, you have left tackle, and you have right guard. Left tackle, center, Connor Williams, left tackle, Teron Armstead, right guard, Robert Hunt. The problem is, to his blind side, could be exposed. The right tackle protects to his blind side. He's a left-handed quarterback. But, um, you know, I, I, I feel good right now as far as major moves. You know, if you, if you, if you want to make a big move to get another position, that's fine. But I don't think that a, a Jalen Ramsey-type move, a Bradley Chubb-type move is necessary for the remainder of, of filling out this roster. I will say I would have liked to have seen them get a flashy running back. Yep. Instead of bringing back uh, Mostert and Wilson, get Derrick Henry, get Dalvin Cook, get Austin Eckler, get uh, Miles Sanders. Like, there's a bunch of guys out there. And, and what I wrote uh, today was that, you know, bringing back Jeff Wilson and, 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 um, and uh, Raheem Mostert is as much a show of faith in Mike McDaniel as it is in those running backs from the standpoint that, you know, these guys, the Dolphins were uh, second to last in rushing attempts last season. They were 25th in yards per game at 99.2, and they were tied for 19th in rushing in in yards per carry at 4.3. None of those are impressive totals, and to me, what they're saying is this wasn't the running back's fault. This was Mike McDaniel, our play caller, the guy who wouldn't stick with the run, yep. the guy who kept asking, we can bring the same two guys back and our running game will improve. They haven't made any drastic improvements to the offensive line. Um, this, this is a Mike McDaniel thing that, that, you know, Mike McDaniel has admitted he needs to be better with game management and play calling and all that stuff. And, and that's one of the reasons that uh, they got rid of the old offensive line coach brought in Butch Berry because the offensive coordinator, Frank Smith, was spending so much time on offensive line, he couldn't do all of his offensive coordinator duties. So this should take some of the offensive coordinator stuff off Mike McDaniel's plate. He should become a better play caller, and the run game should improve. I know that's a long explanation. That's some list there, uh, Chris. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I went down a long road. 
It's a lot of shit has to happen and go right. Uh, well, well, I mean, it's uh, somewhat Shakespearean, and at the same time, it reminds me of uh, many of my failed relationships where there's always one tragic flaw, and no matter what you do around it, uh, it seems to boil down to the fact that you haven't been able to correctly address that one flaw, which in the Dolphins' case over the last – since Kuchenberg's retirement has been the O-line. Yep. And, you know, while they, they've made some moves that, that are impressive, I look, Jalen Ramsey I think is a hell of a player. I, I don't know, you know, that that's any uh, unique observation uh, and should, you know, enhance their defense. And they got Fangio, and uh, he's supposed to be the superstar defensive coordinator. Uh, so that's great. But uh, you know what? If you have three holes on your offensive line, uh, you know, it, it, it's Swiss cheese city once again. So, uh, you know, it, it should come back to haunt you, you would think, especially since their biggest concern is the fragile nature of one uh, to a tang of Iowa. Uh, Chris Perkins, our guest here on the show. So um, ho- hopefully they'll be able to make some progress. I mean, have they really gained an advantage that much? So uh, over other teams in, in their own division, even the Buffalo bills, they, they Competed well against them head-to-head last year, uh, but seemed to be a better team. Uh, Consensus probably tell you that. And um, what happens with with, uh, – I'm sure you're following this New York Jets saga with tremendous interest. I mean, are are they really going to sign Bart Starr if uh, (laughs) Rodgers decides not to play? What's the next move for for the Jets at that point? You know, um, I'm not not overly concerned about the Jets. I think in the Dolphins situation, they need to worry about themselves. Okay. If you start worrying about other teams, you know, yeah, what what if? What if Aaron Rodgers joins the Jets? And then, you know, you're going to look and you're going to say, wow, now we've got to beat the Jets and we've got to beat Buffalo and we've got to beat Cincinnati and we've got to beat Kansas City. If I'm the Dolphins, I'm not worried about all that. I'm, I'm building my team the best way that I can to be the best that we can. I think it was a big flaw before when they would say, uh, you know, under like Joe Philbin and, and Dennis Hickey and Jeff Ireland, the GM, we're building a team to beat the Patriots. And it's like, yeah, you should just build a good team. You know, and I, I understand that, like, if you're better than the Patriots back in the day with Tom Brady, uh, you were probably the best team in the NFL, but Build a good team for yourself, right? Uh, Kansas City didn't build a team to beat Tom Brady. They built a team that was going to be good. You know, it's Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and Tyreek Hill and Kareem Hunt. And forget about what what New England has. So I I don't think the Dolphins should worry about if Aaron Rodgers comes, blah, blah, blah. Just, Just build the best team that you possibly can. And to me, build a team that's not really quarterback dependent, that that, you know, and that's one of the things I have with bringing back Mostert and, and, and uh, Wilson is that I, I would have liked to have seen them take some pressure off of Tua, yep. uh, either because I, I, I'm still not convinced that Tua is elite. And and number two, because that's just the way to, to build a, a good team. But, you know, they're, they're, they're doing what they do, and that's fine. But, but don't worry about the New York Jets and, and Aaron Rodgers. Build your own team. Yeah, you know, you know what I love about the way they're going about their business now is that uh, it is uh, the complete antithesis of everything they told us they were going to do two years ago <laughs> or three, I guess, when they started tanking uh, for Tua. And uh, I, I, I guess that you know that goes back to what four seasons back with Flores, mm-hmm. but where they were horrible and they kept uh, getting rid of anybody who actually had uh, you know even the slightest modicum of NFL ability and bringing in uh, guys off the street. 
And this was all to accumulate a bunch of draft capital, which they were going to use, uh, you know, with uh, great expertise to build this young foundation that was going to come together and they were going to have control of them for four or five years. And uh, it was all going to gel together. And, and you know, you were going to be a perennial Super Bowl contender. And, and they completely bagged that and now have no draft capital and, and went in the complete opposite direction where, you know, they've gone a bunch, you know, into, you know, free agency and trades for high profile guys and, uh, you know, high salaried uh, players. And, you know, pretty much, I mean, are, are they not in kind of an all in basis uh, right now? I mean, they, they have to really be praying, uh, you know, on their hands and knees that, that Tua, you know, does something in the next couple of years. Oh, a hundred percent. They're all in. I, I like yeah. their approach. Uh, I, I'll tell you that because I'm not a big fan of this, uh, draft and develop thing. You know, that's, uh, that's what the Philadelphia 76ers thought they were going to do. And yeah. then you get a few injuries and a couple of guys don't turn out and it turns into this big, long seven year project with three GMs and eight head coaches and fans are frustrated. Win now. You know, and if it doesn't work, well, it doesn't work. Look at what the Los Angeles Rams did. They moved heaven and earth. They they got all these guys. They had drafted Aaron Donald, and you get Jalen Ramsey, and you get Matthew Stafford at the crowning piece, and you win your Super Bowl. Yeah, they were trash last year. And, yeah, they're breaking it all up this year. Leonard Floyd is, is gone, and, 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 and Jalen Ramsey is gone, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But you got your title. Got so and that's what it's yeah. all about, right? I mean, that's what it's all about. So. You know, that if, if the Dolphins are all in, it's a two-year window because of Tua's contract and the other guys also that are coming up, right? Devon Holland and Robert Hunt and Christian Wilkins, they're, they're going to do uh, this year. But uh, Brandon Jones Jaylen and Jalen Phillips, Phillips yep. and Jalen Watt, look at all these young guys whose contracts are going to come up. They're going to get too expensive. And as you have success, players get taken away, coaches get taken away, right? That's yep. what's happening in Philadelphia. Yep. Um, that's what's happening in, in, in other places where, where you start winning. Uh, right. And, and so Buffalo, Tremaine Edmonds, uh, Cincinnati, Jesse Bates. So, so you, yeah, you, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to put your foot to the floor and win. To me, a three-year window is pretty optimistic. I, I think you've got like a, a, a two-year window to actually get it done. I would say three, one year to construct it and two years to actually win. And and to me, that's the kind of schedule the Dolphins run, and I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty naive to think that uh, you're, you're going to have, uh, you know, a horrible team, uh, a lot of draft picks, and they're all going to, uh, you know, be – on the money, right. and then you're going to keep that nucleus together for uh, several years, and they're going to continue to gel under one coach and GM, uh, which uh, you, usually, uh, you know, that, that is uh, uh, formula interrupt us uh, right away, and uh, right. you end up, uh, you know, perpetuating this whole thing that, that you're in this uh, rebuilding process. So I, I don't mind that they're all in. I don't know that they have the goods, Chris, but, uh, you know, it, you would have to say uh, at least there is some reason to get excited, as Jimi Hendrix would say, uh, or uh, the opposite of that, uh, you know, you, you have some reason to be optimistic that a, a, at least, right. you know, they, they can get back to where they were when they were lighting it up and, and one of the more exciting teams in, uh, in football at the beginning of the season or through the midway point of the season uh, last year. Uh, uh, free agency, uh, I, 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 I'm plethora of activity there. I mean, just a ton of action. Uh, a lot of people I, I see, you know, that, uh, you know, have the opinion that the bears are doing some, uh, wonderful, um, you know, moves, uh, trading down, uh, out of that number one pick cause, uh, they, they feel feels as their quarterback and, uh, 
you know, they would have reason to believe that and, and making a lot of moves around that. Uh, who so far impressed you with uh, uh, the maneuvering they've done uh, during the offseason with free agency? Yeah, I think the Bears are, are one of the teams that get your attention really quick. They they spent a lot of money, and um, you know they they will we'll see we'll see what they're able to do. They they uh, lost uh, David Montgomery, the running back, but um, which is a which is a big piece. But um, they they've added some some nice pieces. They're, but they're still a, a, you know they're still quite a ways away. But anybody can make a big leap in a year. I'm not saying that you know the Bears are going to be Super Bowl contenders, but sure. a team that could make the playoffs perhaps. So, uh, well, and, 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 you know, the rest of it, you know, people, I try not to get overly concerned about either free agency or the draft. I, I, I don't really get excited until I see some results. Now, I love the offseason action and, and, and the talk and all that kind of stuff, but it, it's so hard to know until you actually see the results of games. So, um, you know, I, I like what, uh, like, what the Bears have done. I, I like what the Dolphins have done, really. I mean, let's let, let's not ignore the home team as you know, as another team that is that is uh that has done some 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 uh some significant things and that's mostly with the Jalen Ramsey and Al I'll add Big Fangio in. He's not a free agent, but it's an off season acquisition. Uh but but you know, really I, I, I've just gotta see what what uh, these teams do because at this point um, I'm not sure that anybody has, has made significant progress on last year's Final Four, right? And and if I'm not mistaken, that would be Kansas City, Cincinnati, San Francisco, Philadelphia. I'm not sure that, uh, you know, Buffalo hasn't made a significant move or anybody like that. And, and I'm not saying that those are going to be the Final Four again, but I'm just saying I don't know that there's been significant moves to the point where anybody's going to challenge that anybody now is going to challenge for the title. And maybe the Dolphins might be a team that people would think would be closest to that from the offseason. But I, 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 ha- I try to have patience through these offseason acquisitions and, and fill in the, the, you know, the big picture when I can as opposed to a bunch of you know, day-by-day uh, moves and, 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 and what, how it's going to turn out league-wide. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. I mean, as much optimism as there were and excitement uh, at one point about last year's team, they ended up with the same mediocre 9-8 and record as the previous year's team, which wasn't supposed to be all that good. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, a long way to go before uh, they actually make uh, tangible uh, evidence that, uh, you know, these these moves turned out to be good. Although, on paper and uh, in theory, uh, you know, it seems like they're they're at least trying. And, And, you know, as we say, the question remains unanswered. How many blockbuster moves can you make and still remain mediocre? And uh, we'll see if they can get off of that this year. Chris, I know you're going to run. Uh, we appreciate you taking time to be with us. And it uh, should be, I mean, uh, a lot of business to discuss there in the South Florida Sun Sentinel okay. uh, with your column as oh, the yeah. uh, columnist for the Dolphins. Thanks for being with us. Yep. All right. We'll, we'll do it again, I'm sure, before free agency is over. I, I think there will be another significant move. I don't know if it's a blockbuster, but another significant move. Pull your right, done. Guys, pull your done. <laughs> there you go. Guy's got to run. He, he, he's, actually make joining, hang in there. he's actually joining Joe Rose. I, did, I didn't want to tell you that beforehand because I know you'd give him go. Uh, no, I don't mind that. Yeah. Don't no, no, I it's mean, fine. Yeah. We got him first. Joe yeah. can have him after us. <laughs> I, I thought he was great today. I, he really was. I mean, very informative and uh, with, with a, a legitimately solid opinion that you can respect. 
No? Uh, Chris Perkins? Yes. The way that he had that in perspective. Speaking of solid opinions, the guys that you that. have to have ultimate respect for. Did you see the reverence with which this man, the reaction to this man walking into that Texas Roadhouse <laughs> restaurant in Miramar received? Wow, man. I walk in there and they're like, hey, what do you want? No, no. They were very cordial, of course. Tony walks in there and like trumpets are blaring. They start line dancing. It I was amazing. The great one himself. Uh, we're going to go old school here in just a few minutes with uh, Tony Segretta, but we want to bring him on right now because you look great, Tony. Feel great. How'd you Feel get the great. matching jacket and white Yankee hat? That, that's I fantastic. No, I, I, I this sort of serendipity. I think I, I, I looked in the closet and went, "Oh, there's my there's a oh, white good. shirt." Yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you. How you doing today? I'm good. I, I'm feeling pretty good. I mean, uh, you know, it's always interesting. I, I like this time of the year. I know you're excited. You're a big college basketball fan. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I always dig this. I mean, you always ask me, well, what do you like uh, about sports? You're always complaining about everything, or so it seems. But uh, <laughs> directly the opposite. My, my favorite thing about sports is the great sports story. Yeah, I, I grew up reading like really good sports writers, a lot like you did. I mean, Sports Illustrated was magnificent in its storytelling. And, you know, the pictorials uh, with that uh, was it Walter Use. I-O-U-S-S or something like that, uh, you know, and uh, he was brilliant. He, he would bring and they covered everything, you know, so yeah. uh, I really liked it. And, there were, you know, uh, my favorite things uh, that I've ever, uh, you know, uh, gotten a chance to uh, be around naturally were the stories and the storytellers and the people that were part of those stories, like Angelo Dundee and so many other guys we had the pleasure of getting to know here in uh, South Florida. So uh, uh, the tournament always gives you something in, in oh, that yeah. regard. You know, oh, so yeah, I, I love that regardless of who wins. I mean, I, I know there'll be some negative, uh, you know, uh, attachment to the storyline. If this Brandon Miller wins with Alabama, uh, obviously, you know, cause it's very questionable and suspect whether he should be playing at all. Uh, and, uh, you know, if he is completely innocent, then, then, you know, far be it from us to, uh, you know, judge the situation. Uh, but, uh, nonetheless, I mean, there's a lot of stuff, including this, uh, UM Drake game with the coach's son. Can he carry Drake to, um, you know, and not even a far-fetched upset? Can Coach Larinaga get it together without – and you had uh, – you said uh, information that maybe this uh, Omir guy was going to play. I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure about that, Tony. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, you know, I was I was a lot more confident the other day than I am today. I, I'm, I'm not sure either. But, you know, what what's interesting to me – first of all, you're so right. The, the stories – you know, we were so blessed to have – Great, great writers. And this is no disrespect to any of the writers you have on or, you know, I mean, Dave, Dave Hyde stands out in a class of his own. Um, But beyond that, I mean, we don't have those 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 great writers that I seem to gravitate to right at the moment down here. It it doesn't seem like the Internet. I mean, maybe I'm I'm just talking about like peripheral sources like CBS Sportsline and stuff like that. You know, and these guys, uh, whatever, they have information, but they don't go into the detail and don't have the the lyrical style that you used to see. Exactly. I I remember I remember I was with uh, when I go to the track, especially for pre-races. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. uh, I, I would I would hang I would get to sit with Red Smith and. You know, people like that. And I remember walking out with Red Smith one day and, and he said, Tony, it was great to spend some time with you. I'll see you at the race tomorrow. I said, I said, absolutely. I said, where are you off to? He goes, I had to go home. He said, I got to practice spelling the word the. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at you. This is Red Smith. Are you yeah. kidding me? But but what I was what about to say was. I was on a I was at a meeting yesterday 
And um, one of the gentlemen at the meeting goes, are you are you ready for Miami Drake? And it was, you know, one of those questions that you always get. I go, yeah. He goes, you know, what's going to happen, right? If Drake, if, if Miami can pull pull this off and then Sunday they play Indiana. His wife goes, this guy was coming to me. His wife goes to Indiana and they're already already thinking about the Miami Indiana matchup and, yeah. and what the bet's going to be against the Miami person. And you don't get that in a lot of the other college sports. You know, there's something about this this magical moment of March. Uh, and you can be cynical about it. And yes, we have all, some of the outlying stories tend to be a little bit caustic and, and rightfully so in their own right. But but there's still this magical lyric that goes along with March Madness that nothing else seems to have. And everybody, even, even those not in the know are involved in some form or fashion. Uh, I, I dig that about school. it. I yeah. do too. Yeah. That's that's what I think is so. That's what I think is so great. About all, all of a sudden, everybody's an expert. Like yeah, the, you know, yeah. the, the woman at the front desk of uh, the exactly. radio stations, you know, conglomerate there who, who never spoke to you exactly. ever before and says, "Hey, you think Fairleigh Dickinson can upset so and so?" Exactly. What do you know about this game? Exactly. I, I know nothing about it. What are you talking What's, about? There? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you go to Publix, you know, you, you're checking out, and they're going, "Who do you have in the? Who do you have in your bracket today?" You know, it's it's, it's very cool. It, it's a lot. Well, when I go to Publix, it's more like uh, I'm the one that uh, you know is engaging the uh, cashier and saying i thought these were two for one <laughs> it's a bogo. i don't see the discount where where it's, is this it's yeah. a bogo it's a bogo yeah. well yeah, no, you're uh, getting you're, you're getting crushed at the cash register now yeah, at uh, any supermarket i, I, I know well There's you're not no getting doubt. crushed at texas roadhouses we found oh out, uh, man man night. we'll get into that we're we're gonna, we got some pictures we can put up there for from monday night uh, uh, you know what i, I did a post I have for the south florida so hopefully they approve it and uh, that's where you the epitome of health though tony segreta with the salmon on top of a salad that was that was unbelievable but, uh, you know, and, but it's like you say, you know, I mean, and, and, and we have this argument all the time with uh, the great Mike Mayo of the Lunchbox. Uh, and uh, he's saying, well, you know, you, you ordered wrong. But uh, the, the truth is you, you would expect that salmon to be good. Yep. Otherwise, it shouldn't be on the menu. And, right. it, and it was, you know, the fact that it was as good as anything that you could have had somewhere else, oh, uh, you know, that specialized in seafood, that, that really perfect. speaks volumes about. Absolutely. How, it, how they do their business there. It's so funny. I talked to, and Ed, Ed will be on with us in a little bit. I, I talked to Ed yesterday about something, and he, and he goes, you know, everybody went home with a takeout with, with food, but you didn't. I said, I was the only you one. You finished everything, man. I That's said, good. I cleaned my plate. <laughs> you why. took that last roll, that last roll that was in the basket. It was like half a roll, and then even got the sauce up. That no, you tremendous. know what I did, don't you? I, I took that last roll because no one was going to go for it. Right? Yeah. First of all, let's tell everybody. So the three of us met Ed Garcia. They do melt in your on, mouth. On Monday night. Yeah. And they bring the rolls to the table. There's one roll left in the basket and no one's going to go for it. So I said, screw it. So I grabbed the roll and I cut it into four pieces. Yes. And I handed everybody a piece so that everybody got their last. It, it was like a matzah at Passover. Man. I mean, uh, exactly. You were handing out the bitter herb. It was awesome. Man. I, I didn't know you were Jewish. Tony. <laughs> All you needed was your Mogan David and you were set there, to go. You, go. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I was trying to dodge as, as delicious as they were. You know, you, you don't want to eat like four rolls before you are like a nope, giant steak, you know, so. So you have to be careful there at the beginning. You, you really do. But uh, no, it's you know, a good time. I mean, uh, great, great uh, to be there, yeah, and, and I, good company too. You, 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 you seem to be in uh, very good spirits, Tony. Right, and, and you look great. I mean, uh, you know, as good as you look on on the camera here. Honestly, people, you, I didn't recognize Tony Segreto. You, you got younger looking. <laughs> Even yeah. from the time where you had jet black hair, you you look younger now. You really uh, do. I, Remarkable. Uh, you know, well. It, 
a lot of work, but thank you. I'm not sure about that, but I, you know, six miles a day, you were telling us six miles a day. Yeah. That would mean I would end my walk and say, well, let me walk like all the way down a commercial boulevard and back. Well, I don't do it. I usually try, I try to break it up into three, two, one. So uh, I, uh, Oh, you're going at different times. Yeah. I'll do three. I'll do three and a half. I'll do three and a half in the morning and then, um, Oh, you go back out again. Then I'll go back out again and then I'll end the day in the gym with the, Probably a mile in the, the gym. Oh my God, Tony, you're a, you're unbelievable, man. You you talk about the road warrior. That that that's not Glenn Johnson anymore. My good friend uh, from boxing fame. It's Tony yeah. Segreto, the road warrior. <laughs> All right, we're gonna come back. Uh, a lot to discuss uh, with Tony. Yeah. See how he feels yeah. about uh, the tournament. Various yeah. things that are happening around the National Football League. Uh, man, the man, All these involved. changes. Holy Lord! It's been it's been a very interesting crazy. couple of days there. And uh, you know, we we have. Uh, I don't know. I'm not really that into the baseball World Classic. Uh, I'm not either. I wish I could be, I used but I'm. To be. Yeah, yeah, this year. No, no. I, I, I don't know that I ever really got into it. I mean, it's kind of fun. Uh, you know, it's nice to see how the, uh, you know, especially the Latin fans here in uh, right. South Florida respond to Venezuela and uh, Puerto Rico and some of these other teams. Uh, I don't know if Nicaragua is as popular, but, uh, you know, the crowds there have been dynamic and it makes you think, well, well why can't this happen on the major league level? Because our team is not exciting. No, is that it? Well, it's there's more to it's the whole it's the whole environment of it's the whole I, I don't know it's the aura or it's the whatever the Marlins put out there uh, it's not positive. And wouldn't I, it be great big, if they were cha-chaing into the ballpark like they do over uh, this World Baseball Classic? You know, when you got out of your car and it was like da 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 da, you started yeah. dancing into it the It was like a Return of the Titan. Remember the Titans? Be awesome. When, they, yeah. when the Titans would come out to you know in high school, they would dance and they would have this whole little thing. And where's uh, the spirit down here? I, you go to a know. game, it's like a, you know, know you can hear a guy on his cell phone in the left field yeah. seats going, like, "Listen, Charlie, I want my money tomorrow." You're like, right. hey, "Hey, listen, back off that guy." Yeah, Jack and you know that's the other thing about March Madness, man. Everybody is into it. The energy is it's, it's re- good. Yeah, it's remarkable. You can feel the energy, you know, through the TV. Unless you're obviously when you're there, but I mean, you really can feel that. Feel that. I'm excited. I mean, there's some games today. I was looking at. Um, uh, but it gets really going in earnest tomorrow. Uh, I, like I said to you, though, I want I want someone to weigh in on this for me. Like we talked yeah. about on Monday night, <clears throat> hurricanes are in the Midwest regional. Mm-hmm. Midwest. Now, to me, Midwest, you know, Michigan, you know, around yeah. that area, Wisconsin, uh, but, but the territorial aspect has always been the way out of whack. Yeah, I mean, you, so you would where, have a where team do they from open the. Up? Southeast and the West, you know. Where do they open up? In Albany, where there are 14 yeah. inches of snow on the ground. Yep, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe that's good, you know. Yeah. You know, although, uh, you know what would happen to me if I was on that team? I'd be somehow uh, taking in simulcasting at Saratoga. <laughs> Yeah, in, in spite of the snow, and, and Louie knows this of me to be true. You know, hey, when I, listen, I yeah, I, there's I I take my soldier into Saratoga every every summer when I'm home in Vermont. Oh, well, I'd be nice, it. you know, to get out there for sure. Pretty All right, we're going to come back uh, with Tony. Uh, Tony's a big fan of Hylia Park, just like oh, we yeah. are. Oh, yeah. So um, you know, I mean, Hylia Park, a great place to go. They have all kinds of things going on. I mean, spring has sprung. Uh, what was very impressive, Tony, we went to the fights a couple of weeks ago on a Friday night. A well-organized, beautiful sporting event they put on. Frank does a great job. And, uh, you know, I, I go around the back there, uh, you know, and uh, they have, uh, like, this DJ just absolutely killing it on the uh, patio bar that they put in there a couple of years ago. And, and everybody's dancing, and it was a whole separate event. It was absolutely fantastic. Then you go in a casino, people are winning. 
poker room is full, uh, all kinds of guys you know, wearing disguises, you know, uh, holding pocket aces and then trying to bluff your, uh, you know, out of all of your money. Um, and, and then, you know, you have uh, the champion simulcasting room where I was, and, and that was very exciting, too. So something for everybody. Beautiful grounds there at Hylia Park. It's a great place to go. Uh, check out the rewards program. Get a player's card and uh, all kinds of entitlements, amenities. Go along with that, including a generous allotment of free play and uh, other exciting things like discounts on food and uh, food and drink around the racetrack there uh, and around the casino is just absolutely fantastic. Uh, you're going to love it. Everything that happens at beautiful Hialeah Park. All right, uh, coming back, Ed's going to join us. So uh, we'll get the full tale of that dinner and, and see what he thought. I mean, uh, you know, can you imagine? Uh, here's Ed Garcia saying uh, to himself, I'm sponsoring these guys. You got to be kidding. <laughs> what do they know? Nothing. <laughs> Uh, so uh, we'll come back and we'll get into, uh, we'll pick Tony's brain about a lot of things and uh, go a little old school with Tony Segreto in a moment. Now that. The time. We were going to feign reaching for the check too, Tony, but uh, we never even got a chance to do that with it. It's uh, 8-12. Play the ponies in style at Champions, the outstanding simulcasting room at beautiful Hylia Park. Yes, the grand old lady of thoroughbred racing has never been more vibrant and you can wager on the races from the top tracks around the country while enjoying a cocktail at the Brass Rail Bar or any of the fine food served throughout the facility. If poker is your game, you're covered in style, and you can play all your favorite Vegas-style games, including blackjack, craps, and roulette in Hylia Park's sizzling hot casino. Get a player's card when you walk through the door for all kinds of generous amenities, including our favorite, free play. When you come out to the ultimate casino and entertainment destination, Highly apart. Hey folks, Tony Segretto here. You know, since day one, Catholic Health Services has been part of old school. And since we've started letting people know about them, it's changed their lives. You see, Catholic Health Services, while being recognized as one of the top places for stroke rehab in the country, it's also about a group of people who not just excel in what they do, from the doctors to the nurses to the therapists, on and on and on. It's how they do what they do every single day that separates them from the pack. They do it with a passion unmatched and the inclusion of family in every step of the process. Trust me when I tell you this, if you want the best unmatched rehab with a special group of skilled, caring people, there is truly only one place. And that one place is Catholic Health Services. These days, we're all looking for comfort anywhere we can find it. Thank goodness for Landlubbers, Raw Bar and Grill in the plantation location because they are making sure you are as comfortable as possible. First of all, they're not only open for delivery and pickup. All you have to do is go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both pickup and free delivery. Their hours have changed a little bit. Monday through Thursday from 3.30 to 10. And Friday, Saturday, and Sunday from 11.30 to 10. You're going to have the best wings in the world. You're going to have a great burger. You're going to have... They're amazing soups. Again, Landlubbers, Raw Bar and Grill. It's nice and easy. Just go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both your pickup and free delivery. Thank goodness for Landlubbers for making you always feel right at home. What we're going to do right here is go back, way back, back into time. We are now kicking it old school with the one and only Tony Segreto. Brought to you by Catholic Health Services and Texas Roadhouse. Tell me All right, welcome back to the show. It's uh, Old School with Tony Segreto here on the Defoe Show. Tomorrow we'll have the Hylia Park Trivia Challenge, among other things. And then Friday, we're going to try and get some of our handicappers, uh, basketball handicappers Ken on the show on tomorrow. tomorrow. Ken will be on tomorrow. We're going to have Ken. Okay, the professor uh, is going to join us. And uh, he, he has, uh, Tony, uh, I, I think, uh, you know, a solid opinion, uh, even deeper than that. 
But when it comes to uh, college basketball, uh, you know, it, it's his game all the way. Um, and, and we're joined right now. And, you know, it's always interesting because, uh, you know, we see Ed Garcia. He's uh, joined us by video, as he does right now uh, here on the show. And always very impressive, uh, especially when he's talking about Texas Roadhouse. You, you, you can feel the passion that, uh, you know, even the people that are in management uh, at, at these places have. And what's great is you come to find out that they, they have a personal stake in it from many different angles, including monetary and uh, also emotionally. And uh, to see you operate, Ed Garcia, at that Texas Roadhouse restaurant and the way the staff responded and everything, j- just absolutely phenomenal. And, and the, the care and the extent that you guys go to to make things unique in that restaurant, I, I think it is, is very underappreciated, as Tony was pointing out, because uh, it's not like you go down to Restaurant Depot and, and get a bunch of stuff to throw in the fryer. I mean, the, the painstaking <laughs> approach that you guys take to preparing uh, the food for the people, I mean, re- really is amazing, especially considering, you know, the level of quality for the price. But uh, it was great seeing you, and thanks so much for having us out there at the Miramar store. Absolutely. It was a great time. It was good to have everybody together and break some bread and, and definitely have some laughs. Uh, we, we broke some bread. Yeah, Tony broke a lot of bread. I think it was three <laughs> baskets. Yeah. Uh, no, you know what? You know what? You think you know everything. We, we, you know, especially Luby and I have been through the kitchen and we know how things are going. But but I want you to tell people, Ed, uh, first of all, I love the background. I, I, I love the background again. Yeah. Um, uh, but you we had for you brought out a trio of appetizers you had boneless wings we had the 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 potatoes and then we had the where the gator bites right was that rattlesnake bites rattlesnake bites bites. bites. when you told us the painstaking efforts you go to to making these rattlesnake bites uh i was like i was like are you kidding me right now people should know this so i want you to let people know about these rattlesnake bites because what you guys do to make them it's like are you kidding me right now well, a couple of cool things about it, but yes, you're right. Uh, you know, when I first started with Texas Roadhouse 16 years ago, it was one of my least favorite things to do because it's a painstaking process. But when you realize when you go through it and how it tastes, it really makes all the difference. But uh, the, the Rattlesnake Bites is a homemade jalapeno popper. And what we do is we buy, you know, these huge 40-pound blocks of you know, different cheeses. We have Monterey Jack, we have cheddar, but with the rattlesnake bites, we use the Monterey Jack and we shred it nice and fine. We season it. And then we, we turn it into a huge, you know, basically like a 20 pound ball. And we let that sit overnight. So it gets nice and congealed. The next day we make it into those smaller ones and we're adding the jalapenos, a little bit more seasoning. We douse it in a little bit of buttermilk and we put some breading and and we have to form it into this perfect shape. Let it sit another four hours before we can cook it and serve it to you on the plate. And then obviously we get some really awesome dipping sauces. We had a spicy ranch. We had a ranch and a blue cheese all made from scratch as well. Uh, And that just accentuates it so much. Yeah, it's it's remarkable. Then you told us about the cheddar cheese uh, or the Parmesan cheese comes in the big in the big, big wheel that we always see maybe like at Whole Foods or something like that. That's correct. I mean, and that's just one of the things that makes the Caesar dressing fantastic. I I shared with you our Caesar dressing we make from scratch has 16 different ingredients. And one of the big things that I think makes our Caesar awesome is that we take that palm wheel, we shred it really, really fine. And we put that into the Caesar dressing, but then we take the long strands and then we kind of garnish that on top. Uh, it's one of my favorite salads. I even throw sometimes a little bit of Tabasco on there, kick it up a notch, and uh, and have some fun with that. 
Well, I was telling a dear friend of mine about uh, about Texas Roadhouse having dinner with you all. And then uh, and I said to her, I said, by the way, do you like margaritas? And she goes, yeah, I love them. I go, well, then there's only one place to go. She said, where? I said, you got to go Texas Roadhouse. And she goes, really? I go, first of all, they're they're so huge. It's ridiculous. They're they're in a darn mug. I said, and then if you want to order an extra shot. They give you the shot in like a test tube and they put the test tube <laughs> in the drink. I go, it's it's incredible. I mean, I'm not a margarita guy, but holy moly. I mean, thus Defoe and, and I'm talking about it. Defoe and Luby can attest. Right, they had great. it. So, Those tell, were good. Yeah. That was great. And, and I was uh, greeted. I, I came in early and, uh, you know, uh, and nobody, uh, you know, there wasn't like uh, there was like, hey, watch for this Defoe guy. And uh, <laughs> I, I couldn't have been greeted in any more of a, you know, friendly fashion. It, it was absolutely fabulous. I sat down at the bar and I ordered one of the uh, signature margaritas. And, uh, you know, the people, uh, they, you know, all, all of the staff there is just absolutely a delight. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, Thank you. I, I know that's consistent all around the country, all, all 600 locations. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We, are, those, was, are the, those are the appetizers. Can you see the appetizers on there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Looks good. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you the, uh, you know, the margarita, you know, we, it's been the same margarita pretty much for the last 16 years, but you know what the secret is, is that our sweet and sour mix only has four ingredients. It doesn't have 32, 48, like you see at the grocery store that you may pick up. Yeah. It, no preservatives. It is so fresh. So fantastic. So you get that, Great clean flavor. You get uh, you don't get that you know nasty college. It's not like syrupy. Taste. Yeah, no, it's yeah. Not like a juice. It's, it's like nice, clean, and fresh, and I absolutely love it. Yeah, yeah, oh, it's, it's great, fantastic. Well, I'll tell you what, it's my go-to to get my salmon over the over the Caesar salad. It's it's uh, it's spectacular. It's it's be- and then I know you guys had the bone-in ribeye and um, unreal. And, yeah, yeah. The, the next day too, uh, and you were right about that. I mean, uh, I, I ate that thing cold. <laughs> Uh, my yep. dogs were looking at me saying, are we going to get a piece? And I said, uh, of this, I don't think so. Uh, and, and it was delicious. I, you know, seasoned perfectly. Absolutely. I mean, just just a great steak. And I, I'm thinking, where do you get a bone and ribeye for twenty nine ninety nine with two sides? Uh, which, you know, one of which could be a salad, that Caesar salad. Uh, you know, it's just impossible. Uh, like a third of the price of other places uh, of a similar quality. It, it was absolutely delightful, that, the whole thing. Now, awesome. now, now, Ed, uh, I, I know it's gambling, but but do you guys do bracket bracketology and uh, do you do brackets at all your restaurants for uh, for the final four? How many pools you in with uh, all of your uh, you know regional connections here? I, I got quite a few pools going. <laughs> uh, you know, just uh, for clarity, there's no financial gain on there. Like <laughs> yeah. In case uh, you know, I, I don't know if I can legally gamble by selling alcohol, but uh, no. <laughs> Yes, I'm in quite a few brackets. I'm very excited to kind of see how things pan out. So uh, they're all due at noon today, um, but uh, you know we'll see. We'll see how we do. You got a pick? Uh, you know what? I'm going to keep it a little bit on the on the hush hush. I'm going to see how that first round comes out because every right. time I talk about it, my my number one pick gets knocked out. Yeah, <laughs> usually get destroyed right away. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's the way my experience has been. Well, for sure. well and I'll tell you what, what makes so much embarrassment. It was. Uh, it, I, I, I do that every year. My embarrassment yeah. starts day one, so I, I know. What, I know what you're talking about. Uh, and it was not just the food, but the, yeah. the company was wonderful, and we uh, were very grateful for you. And uh, um, Luby just put up a shot of the steak and and the chili. Uh, I, I know you guys took the chili home. I mean, it was just. Uh, it was a great evening, and 
and when we we need to we need a do over for yeah, sure because we'll it was, was fantastic. Yeah, thanks. You guys are welcome anytime. All right, hey, thank that you was so brilliant, much. Ed Garcia, well. ladies and gentlemen. Very generous of him to uh, take care of all of us like oh, that. Uh, right. That that was phenomenal. But uh, yeah, you know what? I mean, you, you had a lot of families in there, and you know, it's always great. I mean, uh, when you know, we we always uh, you know have deep appreciation for uh, the sponsors and the people that back us, and you know, you've had many people behind you in your broadcasting uh, career, as have I. And, uh, you know, it, it's always great when, you know, you, you get the experience again of dealing with these people in some capacity, whatever it is, whether it's a product or a service or whatever they do. And, and then you realize, my God, that, that they're even better than I could have, you know, described no matter how much it seems like we're talking in hyperbole about a sponsor. Uh, it, it's always great when, when, you know, you go there and you go, my God, this, this really is brilliant. It, it really was fantastic. You know, the other thing is this, and the, and I told you at dinner, the way I, I, I got to know Texas Roadhouse was yeah. through, <clears throat> was through ultimate software because ultimate software does all of their, uh, their HR and payroll and ultimate software is known for their, for their people culture. Sure. Uh, they're always ranked in the top five in the country to work for. And they always align themselves with like companies. So they did business with like companies. And <clears throat> Texas Roadhouse is one of them. I mean, their culture is remarkable. How yeah. they treat their people is incredible. Now, there's going to be an outlier here or there. But <clears throat> 100% of the time, pretty much, uh, you talk to someone who works there, that they, they love it. They love the way they're treated. Good they, vibe in there. You yeah, can feel the vibe it. Is, yeah. is, is phenomenal. So I think that's a big part of it because they always make you feel welcome. And uh, you never feel out of place, ever. No, no. Uh, people and were then, having a good time because, yeah, uh, you know, I mean, they were having a great meal and, and, and a lot of food for, for you know, a very, very uh, reasonable. Uh, yeah. I mean, e even beyond reasonable price. I, yeah. I, I, I was I was amazed, you know, and yeah. that's why you see, you know, large families and groups are going in there and, and having a great time. And that was that was like seven o'clock uh, on, on Monday a Monday night. night. When, by yeah. the time we were leaving, it was like eight and there were yeah. still people coming. And it was like yeah. just it wasn't too packed, but it was a nice crowd. And it's like this is a Monday. <laughs> that was good. That was all good. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's get into some old school, Tony. What do you think? Yeah. Man? Yeah. That was, listen, that, was some, that was some good food at old school <laughs> prices. That, that's for yeah. sure. Yes. You know, you know it's I, like when I, you uh, see an old scorecard or whatever, an old menu in a ballpark, and the hot dog yeah. was like twelve cents. Or, you know, and uh, you're thinking that <laughs> those were the days, man. Yeah. Those were yeah, the days. Yeah. You know, it's funny. You every once in a while you watch a uh, you you watch uh, an old. TV show, you know, like, you know, I call it my comfort that that's it's I don't have comfort food. I have comfort TV. Yeah. So, you know, you'll watch an old Andy Griffith or an old Leave it to Beaver. And, and uh, there was a there was a moment, I don't know, a month ago or so I turned on Leave it to Beaver and and uh, Wally has to go, I guess, go on the state, but he doesn't want to go. And Beaver said, well, why don't you just not go? He goes, how can I not go? I've already invested 75 cents in a corsage. <laughs> and I'm like, gee, 75 cents in a corsage? Yeah. It's like, oh, my gosh. How Remember when you, when you had a $20 bill in your pocket and you thought oh, uh, my. you thought you were a billionaire? I mean, I, I, you like, thought you had like Pat Riley's per diem when he came to the heat. Yeah, like, if I had where five can you possibly these, spend this? Yeah. If I had five of these, I wouldn't even ever have to work again. What <laughs> you know, one, one of those deals. But, you know, I, I, I'm excited. You know, I love this time of year because, I, as you said, I know you talked about the baseball classic, but, you know, think about I, it. I, another, I really, I, I no, no, no. But in another three I weeks, Major, League, all, yeah. Major League Baseball starts. Yep, yep, we right. have we have the Florida Derby coming up on April 1st, mm -hmm. you know, which is going to be fantastic. Well, and then, uh, you know, the spring classics as they are, you the know, Lipton I mean, that's going to be great. Kentucky Derby. And yeah, yeah. Greatness. And then 
And then, and, and now we have, you know, March Madness, both men and women. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited for both. Uh, I just think it's, it's, you know, I'm glad you threw I, that in for uh, Jim Sonny, who I see uh, has yet to no, make a comment the on our, our you know, it's, it, it's, you know, it's the truth. It's funny. I was talking, uh, Roseanne and I were talking last night and we were talking about world international women's day and, and, and all the different things. And, and, and some of these women, you know, Billie Jean King was just interviewed and my, and my daughter posted something about it because she really kind of gravitated yeah. uh, toward what Billie Jean said and was so true. She goes, uh, Billie Jean's statement was something to the effect that I'm paraphrasing here. You know, people think we should be satisfied with the crumbs. But as far as I'm concerned, we want the whole cake with the icing and the cherry on top. And, I mean, and, no better crusader. I mean, uh, we know uh, the lovely and talented Leslie Visser in broadcasting. But and, and Billie Jean King, I, I, you know, I remember interviewing her a couple of times uh, when uh, I was uh, covering what was then the Lipton Tennis Tournament when it first started mm-hmm. up there on uh, Key Biscayne. And, and, you know, I ran into uh, Billie Jean King uh, trying to do some stuff uh, for whatever television show I was working on at the time. And uh, she could not have been any more accommodating or, or delightful or welcoming and, and, and would have talked all day. Yeah. About, you know, and, and, you know, almost in Segreto-esque type fashion, just, uh, you know, you, you couldn't help but feel good about the game or sports or, or women in sports uh, than, than you did after uh, talking to Billie Jean King. You know, it's remarkable. There are, there are whether it's uh, whether it's a man or a woman, but mostly in, in the in the women's sector, you had all of these women. You know, you had Billie Jean, you had Virginia Wade, you had Margaret Court. All of that of that Martina, same, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, all of that same era. Well, Martina was a little later. Well, she was later that, on, yeah. Right in the early in that early era, yeah. You know, uh, but yeah, it was it was Billie Jean who who took that mantle. It was Billie Jean, and she did it. She did it with so much class. She she wasn't in your face, but she would knock she would knock down barriers that I mean. We were telling took some daughter. chances too. I mean, yeah, you know, with uh, the various tours chances. and uh, yeah, the team tennis and all that. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 then the you know the the match against uh, Bobby Riggs and that whole deal and how she handled that. You know, Riggs was making this you know a circus, and she still always maintained. You know, hey, let's see what happens. Did you you know? think Riggs tanked I mean, that match because he owed a bookmaker two fifty? That's one of the theories out there. I think two hundred fifty large. I'm I don't think what how I, she would have destroyed him no matter what. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not she sure. She may about have beaten that. him, but that match was a total joke. I didn't know that it was rigged or not. I just saw the video. There were elements of tank uh, of know, it about, years later without yeah. anything, and I'm like. Why is that guy not trying at all versus that woman? I'm like, no disrespect to uh, Billy Jean, but Billie Jean's uh, you know, like trying, and he's like, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, he looks but, like mean. There, there were some like, dark circumstances surrounding that appearance. Well, yeah, but yeah. regard regardless, she what she did for women's athletics and what she did for the yeah. women's movement. Uh, you know, she should oh, be, and still does. I mean, yeah, you know, absolutely. Sincere, yeah. Well, she was one of the. So what, what we were the reason we were talking about this is that every year Fortune magazine does a fifty for fifty, a fifty of fifty for fifty. It's it's the top fifty women over fifty who have done you know remarkable remarkable things. And right. uh, and and some of the women were uh, uh, the, the woman from MSNBC, Brzezinski, uh, Billie Jean King. And the president of Ukraine, the 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 the, the wife of the president. Oh yeah, of the yeah, yeah. She she's been uh, a a lot more of a, uh, a presence than than Melania was. As, yeah, as yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. But 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 the point is, you know, to, to hear these women speak, and then Billie Jean King was one of them. To hear them speak, and what and what 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 they've done for for especially the younger generation, for like for yeah. my daughter, yeah. uh, it's 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 remarkable. So to see to see the women coming up in the it, to, to the, the women's March Madness period 
coming up, you know, against the South Carolina, though, uh, deemed to be a cincher, Tony. I mean, mean, they are so they are so is that, that, uh, uh, you know, are they unchallengeable? Uh, You know, because you have to lay, I think, you know, I've never seen they're like one to two to win the championship. Yeah, you you have to lay 250, even, uh, you know, heavier than that. I mean, you have to lay 250 to win 100 if you want to play them to win the title, South Carolina. Undefeated this but year. All I'm saying is, even these, like you mentioned Alabama on the men's side, uh, even so, you, you, sports is such where somebody sprains an ankle. I mean, look what happened to Miami. You know, look yeah, what happened yeah. to Now, Tony, I mean, what happened to uh, your, your solid conviction that this uh, home was going to play? Uh, you know, Jim Laranega was on with us yesterday. And uh, yeah, I, what did he I say? got the impression he wasn't playing. I, I, I don't know. Luby thought. Uh, the implication was, you know, I mean, trying to read between the lines, he didn't come out and say, hey, yes or no. But basically uh, asserted that it was a game-time decision on this kid. But um, you know this, and, you know, anybody knows this. Uh, you know, we were talking about it, and we talk about it all the time. Uh, you roll an ankle just in the park playing basketball. You come oh. down on some guy's foot, and, and if it goes all the way over, you know, because you're always, like, at that one threshold there, and it's like, ah, ah, wow. you know, and if it goes all the way over, I think you're out two weeks. But then I mean, that at, was my look, experience. Yeah. Look at Pat. Look at Pat Mahomes. I mean, look, look what look, yeah, look at how he came. Back. Maybe I mean, uh, with ultrasound oh, and this yeah. and that, and, you know, so proper would, medication. Think, yeah, who knows? Yeah. So I, I would think. So I would think one of two things. I, I, I would think this. My guess would be that uh, they may try to give it a go the first couple of minutes and see how he reacts. Get Willis the Reed, blood, you're saying? Get, get, yeah, get the blood going, and then and then and then sit him down. And then see how Miami does on its own without. I was going to say, I, I can see them yeah. working him out, see where yeah. he's at, and then trying. Look, Drake, everyone's scared about the upset, scared about the upset. I think this is one of those games where it's not the upset people think it's going to be. Like, yeah. it, all we've heard is that Drake's known for their guards. Well, that's yeah. not the way you're going to beat Miami. Like, Miami, yeah. whether it's Duke, when you, you need White, big men, guards, like, like uh, Duke, uh, you know, it's took advantage bigs. of It's yeah. the bigs. Exactly. When Duke yeah. didn't go heavy with Filipowski, Miami annihilated Duke, even with Omir. Yeah. When oh, yeah. With Omir, yes, Omir would have stemmed the tide. Filipowski is seven feet tall. Omir is not seven feet freaking tall. So it's only like six, seven. They pounded it to Filipowski, and that was the way that they edged him out. Yes, Omir's there. I think they might have won, but it would have been the ass whooping that they had given them the previous occasion. So to me, if Drake's known for their guards, then that plays right into the hands of the Canes and the Canes will be fine. So I would, if you're the Canes, I feel like you, you try and go without Omir just in case you can win without him. And that way you don't push him because Yo, in yeah. the end, you're going to need him. I would agree. I, I think, I think what I would do though, I would, I, I got to believe they're going to warm him up. Uh, I, I, I oh, think yeah, going to play, think, you know, practices. I think they're going to warm him up and see how it goes. And if he can play a minute or two, <laughs> Uh, we'll, 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 we'll see how he, how he, now he handles it. But again, to your point, Luby, as I said, I think if they can do it without him, I think they're going to at least get another couple of days out yep. of him. So, yep. Yep. so yep. I, I'm seeing, uh, Jim Sarney's uh, question here. Uh, he don't, just, don't let Sarney uh, distract you Sarney into writes, an obscure area here. Cause uh, uh, we, we love Sarney. He watches everything, but. You know, I I don't know that we want to transition right into a women's uh, softball tonight. <laughs> Let let's continue with this, and I'll. I talk mean, about we're the, on a roll here. I mean, I'll talk about that Oklahoma game in a minute. But no, I I, I think I I want to see Miami go out there. Sony is telling us always to focus on what yeah, they, uh, and, and try and throws and, in a bomb like that. Oh, yeah. You want to roll a grenade? Tony, in Tony will do twenty minutes on that game. Tony, I yeah, 24, I mean, Tony will name every player on both teams. No, no, no. I'm going to try and uh, I'm, no. I'm going to I'm going to try and do this. I think that again, 
If I'm Larinaga, first of all, you know what I was thinking. Larinaga told us a great story. Just uh, I don't know. I I don't think he caught the show, but uh, with with Jim, but uh, he told us a great story about a similar situation where one of his, uh, you know, uh, in a standout moments in his tournament history, uh, whether as a fan, uh, an observer, or as a guy that's participated in many, uh, was when he had a a, like six eight George Mason. Six yeah, five, yeah well, he six was five. at George Mason, six and, five, and he had a 6'8", 293-pound center or something. And the guy had uh, both ankles were, were, you know, in bad shape. And the guy, like, went to, like, a lake in Michigan or something in the middle of winter and, and stuck his ankles in a lake to try and get the swelling down and actually played and had a big ball game. No, and really he said that, that still stands out to him. So maybe, uh, who knows what this guy is doing, man. They probably yeah, he's going to be in Albany. Break. He'll go stick yeah. his ankles yeah, in Albany. the snow drift. <laughs> right, right, right there <laughs> but, but, in, uh, you know, what is that, Lake, uh, whatever that is. Uh, they, they don't need to go to a lake. There's, yeah. 13, there's 13 feet of snow. Are you kidding me? Yeah, just uh, stick your feet in a snowbank there, Romir, and, and see what happens. I, I, I want to bring this up. I thought of this, uh, and I thought of you yesterday, Devo. Larinaga, to me, is the uh, is is the reincarnation of Howard Schnellenberger for basketball. It feels like it. He he is some that, ways, yeah, yeah. You know, he is a he's a man of wisdom. He uh, he he gets your t- you know he knows how to push the buttons. Uh, you know, um, he may be old school, but he's a, but he comes up with new ideas and new things and. And, and he's not know. old school in the way this team plays. No, and uh, he is. You know, I, I haven't so even figured it. out exactly what school these guys yeah, are going to. Yeah, he is. He is. Yeah. Uh, I, I will not put anything past him. No. And um, and and I'm I, I'm excited for Drake, and I think we I think Miami can pull it off. I think you know everybody's worried about it, but but I'm. Well, well, Louie made a, a good point, which uh, Jim Laranega brought up. It was they got killed uh, after O'Meara went out. Uh, because uh, he, he said that Duke, and, and I didn't even realize this, had, had like uh, you know, an abundance of seven-footers <laughs> all pounding. Yeah. And, and there was a big difference. They got a lot of yeah, easy passes on the inside. And, and then, when you know, it didn't hurt them any that Jay Billis was the official, the lead official in the game. And uh, there was that wow. one sequence there where you were like, wait a minute, man. I mean, how many times can you rob the same team on the same possession? Exactly. You blind assholes. <laughs> right. But, uh, you know. Agreed. But I, I, I'm not going to blame, you know, the game wasn't lost, you know, because of uh, one, one badly officiated possession or anything. But, uh, you know, nonetheless, uh, you know, I mean, they, they were really at a disadvantage on the glass. It was obvious. And, and as Luby said, you know, this, this is a guard-based team, this Drake team, which keep hearing. I don't know a lot of people have talking. pictured and depicted as, you know, uh, an early candidate for Cinderella. And, you know, I mean, they're in there with a shot, obviously being uh, well-respected by the odds makers who have this uh, as only a two-and-a-half-point ball game in favor of the Canes. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back to my old school and get the roll of the eyes, but who can handle the moment? First-round NCAA, it's not easy. There it is. It's not easy. It's a whole <laughs> different set of circumstances. We did know. it. Mark, <laughs> mark the tape uh, at 8.38. What was yeah. the, what's the over-under? I'm just telling you. Way over, I, I you know, you all minutes. laugh at me, but it's, it's, it's the truth. It's the truth. Uh, I'm sure there's some to that, uh, you know, in this you know, case. You're yeah. dealing with 18- and 19-year-old kids, and I don't care if they're pros or not pros. Now you're dealing with 25-year-old kids. Drake has like a 25-year-old guy. He's I mean, all center. joking aside, we were, I was watching, we were watching that Oklahoma FSU game last night. Some of the girls at Oklahoma looked like, looked like they were 35 years old. It was like, they are. are That's yeah, the thing. Probably yeah. are Here's a great sports talk question for you. If uh, you were doing like local sports talk here, um, who has a better chance to advance? 
in the go. tournament. Uh, would it be Miami or FAU? Oh, God, it might. Who uh, comes in as a nine seed. And, uh, you know, a, a lot of people like what they've uh, done so far this season. And while it doesn't look like they're going to get too far, because I, I think if they win their first game, they would go against Gonzaga. They play a one yeah. seed. Yeah, they're yeah something like that. Yeah. They play a one. So, uh, it was, you know, I have to tell you, it was very cool yesterday. The, the Today Show did a whole thing on uh, – um, the, on March Madness, and they actually were live at FAU. Oh, it was nice! The first time it was oh, the yeah. first time that FAU had made you know made uh, the, the the tournament, and it was it was just really cool to see how excited they are. And and again, it goes back. Oh, to they what, have what, Purdue. What they would have Purdue likely in this. Oh season. yeah, that's, that's, that's going to be a small order, literally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Does that, that Zach Eadie, doesn't he look like the mascot? The Greek pointed this out to us. Um, doesn't yeah. he look like the Purdue mascot? I mean, the guy's got like this. A square <laughs> head. I mean, he's, uh, but he, he he's a lot to handle on the inside. I mean, yeah. uh, FAU has this one giant guy also that's also yeah. pretty muscular. I'm, be kind of an interesting matchup inside there with Zach Eady if they, you know, if, if it comes to that. So that'll be fun. Well, what, what, what do you think? I mean, uh, and, and I didn't mean to cut off your story there, but. Uh, you know, it was nice to see. I, I love when these smaller schools get, get this kind of recognition. Oh, and I, I, I love when they win a couple of games. It's great. That's the best part of this. That's yeah. the best part of this tournament. Yeah, that's uh, my you favorite. Know, I mean, look at look at what, uh, what was it? What was it? St. Saint, uh, what was it last year? St. Um, Peter's. St. Peter's. St. Peter's. Yeah, yeah, my gosh. And Sister Jean is still alive at 114, my, which is amazing. Loyola Chicago is not it, in the tournament. Yeah, but it was just, it was, it was so cool. How many, you know... Uh, First of all, what's cool about this tournament is that everybody's got the bracket, but yet when you look at the field, it's overwhelming, right? It's overwhelming. There's so many games going on. You know, you're you're. It's like you're at the U.S. 16 Open. Sixteen a day for two days. Yeah, you're at the U. You know, you're at the U.S. Open. You got you know court nine, court eight, right. court three, court two going on, and you're bouncing around. And, and and people are going, geez, what, what do I watch? When do I tune in? What, what, where is it on? I mean, is it is it on Fox? Is it on? I, I couldn't TV find it yet? last night. Yeah. yeah, I didn't realize uh, it, it was true TV. It, yeah, exactly. In any event, uh, it's it still you still bring out those, those those Cinderella games and those Cinderella stories, and all of a sudden, people are like experts on St. Peter's and experts on Drake and, you know, all these different, all these different schools. It, it, that's what's just, it's wonderful. It's, it's, it's just wonderful. Too. Yeah. I mean, if you get on one of these teams early and, and you can ride yeah. their back into say the final four and cash tickets all the way along the line, I, I'm looking at, I mentioned this yesterday, the two games I have the greatest interest in, in the first round, uh, Tony are obviously Miami and Drake. Because of our affection yeah. and affinity for uh, Coach uh, Larinaga and, and, you know, the way that he's approaching this game and, and the whole tournament in general and the success that he's had, uh, you know, under, I mean, you know, what, what would be even more seemingly challenging circumstances there with uh, George Mason. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Plus, you know, for me, uh, I have a school investment. I mean. <laughs> you know, yeah. So, yeah. And yeah. Uh, uh, but I, I, I'm also I'm looking at UConn, Iona, you know, because of the Patino thing. And uh, U- UConn was a hot team coming into the tournament, uh, and, and there are people that think that they might even have a chance, you know, to pull off the ultimate upset and, and win it all. I don't know. That's Kemba Walker-esque there. Uh, you know, it could happen, I guess. Uh, but, um, you know, and, and Iona, all of the speculation is that our man Rick uh, will be whisked by a limousine straight from this ball game if he loses it to, to the campus of St. John's, where he'll be announced as their next head coach. So, uh, you know, a lot of interest in that game for me. 
Yeah, I, I get it. And and I, I would, you know, be, and because of what you just said, I, I have an interest in it too. And I, and, and I wouldn't have had it otherwise. And again, I think that that's, that, that, that's. I, I would love that. to see Patino do something at St. John's to finish out his career. I, I'm a big Patino fan. I know you're, you're not a fan of the fact that uh, he may have gone against yeah. uh, some of the uh, parameters and guidelines. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I respect that, that him keep the a... essence of amateurism at its height, you know, but... I, I, I will say this. He, he's got, he's got that magic touch with, with teams. Man, he's got, good. Wow. And, and when, yeah, I mean, just has it, whatever that it is, he has it. Uh, you know, some of the things he's done, uh, true or not, you know, if, if they're true, well, absolved of all guilt. Right. And, and complicity right. and all of these things. Right. By whatever an NCAA investigative board uh, was doing this. I, I don't know yeah. if they. And that's that's a trustworthy group. Well, I, I don't know. <laughs> you would think the NCAA, you know, there are certain people that when you're on their shit list, so to speak, I mean, they, they don't hesitate to go after you. I mean, you know, look, look at Jerry Tarkanian. They, they tortured this guy for good reason. I mean, he was uh, they tortured you know, the University of Miami for years. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I mean, years. all of those years, I mean, uh, you oh. know, while, while, you know, you're thinking similar things have to be going on at Ohio State, maybe not a, a, as prominent in, in terms of, uh, you know, being in the news, but, uh, you know, with uh, criminal activity and things like that. But, uh, you know, oh, I mean, look at Evan Meyer with his Gator team. I mean, yeah. How come they were never under any uh, big scrutiny yeah. from the NCAA? No, they should have been. Right. Sure. Uh, well, let uh, me yeah. ask you, let, let me yeah. ask you this. Uh, if you had to pick in this first round, if you had to pick the region you would like to go to to watch those games live. Oh, I'm going to the Midwest there. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. Me too. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. And, and, you know, but I, I, don't, I don't get too, to, uh, you know, bent out of shape about the uh, territorial, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, irregularities about just, having, a, you know, a team from the South and the Midwest. I just, I just chuckle at it. Because of the seating. I mean, there's just no way to do it, though, uh, where, you yeah, know, you would no, have everybody isn't. staying inside their region and playing for their so-called <laughs> regional title. Um, you know, it, it would be impossible to keep the tournament at the level it's at if you weren't, you know, sending teams. I mean, you know, it would be weird. You'd see Syracuse playing in the West. Yeah. You know, in the past. And, and uh, you know, that that's just it seems like uh, arbitrary design. But uh, well, we're wishing Coach L the best. That, that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, did, did you uh, I mean, do you have any concept of uh, who you think might win the whole thing? I'm hoping it's not Alabama. <laughs> I, I, I yeah, know that. OK. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't have, for whatever reason this year, I just, I don't have a, a pulse on who I think is going to emerge. I mean, the, the, does Gonzaga pull it out again? Um, you know, the, those, the, 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 what is this? This Duke is coming up. I mean, we're, we're did all uh, of a that, sudden, that would be painful if Duke. They're a, they're a hot team. Sure. I mean, yeah. what happens? I mean, uh, they could, you know, if things fall the, the way they want, man, they, they could be in that final four. Uh, no um, doubt, yeah. You know, I obviously Alabama's the favorite and but I, I'm hoping it's not. I'm I'm just I'm just hoping it's not. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, you know, I mean uh, the likelihood who do you, uh, who I, do you I, I don't have a strong opinion on it. I, I would have to say yeah. that I'd be a bad guy to ask that. Uh, me too. You know, right? I, I mean I could tell you Houston, but I, I really would be taking a guess. Uh Alabama obviously with this Brandon Miller seems like the likely champion because you have the most evil of stories. You know, uh, and, 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 you know, uh, just a bungled situation completely yeah. by the administration. This Nate Oates, I mean, uh, literally, I mean, we were talking about it earlier. You know, our woman, what woman theory where you're caught red handed in bed with another woman as a wife walks in and she says, who's she? And uh, you say, woman, what woman? I, I, 
I don't see any woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, to, yeah. to be that blind to, uh, you know, yeah. uh, sensitivities about a woman, uh, you know, being killed, uh, you know, near campus by uh, allegedly uh, one of your basketball players with complicity from another, uh, you know, and that guy, you know, what's his name? Is it Byrne, uh, the uh, athletic director there? I'm not sure. Uh, but uh, I seem to, you know, want to say it's Byrne. And, and and he, Greg Byrne, something like that, he, he looked like a fool when he was trying to he explain did. the situation. I mean, he, he it did. was a disgrace to all of the sanctimony he, he that did. you like to associate no, with No, and that goes back to, you know, the whole – the schools like Alabama, in this case, and, and in this sport, uh, when they do things like this, it just it, it just it sends a pall over the entire – It's ugliness. Yeah. Absolutely. It sends a pall over everything. And, and because there are a lot of schools who are doing it the right way. Who, who, well, the, the indifference they expressed about like, well that's know, the thing it was just it uh, was totally different the situation yeah right? it was very yeah. trump-esque you yeah. know it was like oh what do you mean no way you know it's like we're not nah, nah, yeah nah. yeah we, we don't know nothing about what this kid did yeah, yeah i mean yeah, you know, it's nothing. kind of crazy like we, we've ignoring what happened you know yeah completely. yeah 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 that was weird i, I mean yeah, yeah, yeah i mean uh, look I, I i don't know if they win it all they win it all i, I i'm not going to be uh, you know overwhelmingly uh, you know upset about it but uh, uh just looking for the excitement and, and it begins uh, really i mean it's already underway with the playing games i mean you you had a dynamite hey, listen, game come down to the wire last yeah. night to decide whether pittsburgh got in or not and um you know and, and we have a couple of local teams there which uh I don't know. I mean, FAU would look like their destiny would be to get crushed in the second round if they can yeah. get by this uh, first game. We'll, which... we'll see. But you know, you know what else is? You know what else? Steve, you talk about this being the old school segment. Yeah. Is it me or or was the when we were growing up was the NIT a bigger deal than? Oh, it was, it was now? a big deal, no doubt. The first college basketball games I ever attended in my lifetime live were the NIT. Uh, was that the was NIT? NIT uh, yeah. You know, uh, my buddy Cliff and I we played a lot of basketball. We were really into it. Uh, we went to the NIT as if it was just as prestigious as the NCAA mm-hmm. tournament. And uh, we saw Kansas with JoJo White. Uh, yeah. And uh, they were involved. There was the semifinals. There were the semifinals. And uh, Dayton had uh, Donnie May. Yeah, Dayton uh, Flyers, who went man. on to play uh, for the Wasn't Knicks. Heyman on that team? Wasn't, wasn't that I couldn't Heyman? tell you. But uh, I do remember Donnie May was the big star uh, of uh, Dayton at that time. And JoJo White, who I thought was a chucker. Uh, you know, and uh, I wasn't that impressed with JoJo White. Uh, he had a decent pro career, no question. Uh, Donnie May lasted a little while. It was a solid, like, six, one of these six four white guys that was just like a Dave DeBusher type, could shoot a little bit. I think he was a left-hander also, which uh, he might have been. But the first time I went, and we, we gave it the same, you know, illustrious oh, prestige yeah. as if we had gone to see, uh, you know, John Wooden win one of those uh, 11 yeah. championships with UCLA. And now it's not now it's not just an afterthought. It's not even in your thoughts. You know, it's, it's, Do you uh, think that was a slap in the face? A lot of people were sort of re- really turned off by North Carolina turning down the invitation. I, I, think I that's stupid. definitely think so. I think it's yeah. dumb. I don't get it. Yeah. They're too good for it, then play better because you weren't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you weren't yeah. too good for it. <laughs> it. It's like you're saying, we don't, we don't want to play anymore. You know what? Yeah. We couldn't win taking the big one. So, uh, you know what? Yes. Forget it. We're taking our ball and going home. It's yeah. 100% it's what like, it is. It's like BS. We're, we're not sitting out two games to get back out on the court and see if we can win one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I can't imagine a program. I, I you know said this before. I mean, what wouldn't the, the idea be to play as many games as you could? Yeah, and have as many practices as you could, and you know you're going to have players coming back next year. Wouldn't you want them to have uh, this this kind of experience? I mean, get get a little tested in the tournament. The kids, uh, you know, uh, I would imagine can put aside that this isn't for the big banana, but uh, still a tournament, right? 
It's still a tournament. Exactly. I mean, how many tournaments do you play in when you're when you're a young basketball player, whether it's AAU or whatever, where you're you're just playing you're playing games and you're winning you're winning a tournament, but you don't win anything. You just you have the the right to say I won the tournament. Yeah. I mean, I I I don't know if if what role if the role if any role the kids played in it, the boys played in it. You know, if if, if they didn't I, I don't them. imagine they went and pulled the players. Yeah. I mean, no, no, maybe. they didn't ask. Yeah. Yeah. That had to be an athletic director coach to see. And uh, you would think uh, Hubert Davis, after having a lousy year, would want to keep his guys out there a little bit longer. Well, Segreto, right. uh, before we yeah. go, uh, your dear friend Mike Mayo, which he actually is your dear friend. You just do make a Mayo. Yeah, friend. he's a good guy. Because yeah. he is, and it's the truth. You're the eternal optimist, and that is not who he is. Uh, he asked, so I'll ask for him. Since you're down here till I guess, May-ish, and you yeah. do love yourself a track, as we found out, you should join us one of these Fridays for some Mike. Mayo I would love to. Action. I would love to do that. Yeah, yeah. And 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 you know what's funny is like Mike was. I never. The the, the eternal pe- pessimist of all the writers during that era. Oh yeah. Wasn't Mike? It was it was Cody, and and now all of a sudden Mike is taking that mantle. It's like wait a minute, Charles Bricker. Wait a minute. Wait what about Charles Bricker? Yeah. Remember that guy from the Sun Sentinel? Yeah. He was a Dolphin beat writer. Yeah, yeah. But I would he, love he never to, seemed happy, did he? I would love to join you guys at Gulfstream. But let me ask you this: What you do every Friday's lunchbox is at Gulfstream? Every don't Friday. you go to different restaurants during the week? Fridays during the week. For yeah. Gulfstream. Every Friday, we're at Gulfstream from twelve to one, right here on South Florida Live. And naturally, I was opposed to that idea. You know, going out. Oh track, yeah, right yeah. before I'm they sure opened up the first race. I am sure you were opposed to that. Yeah, idea. I, I begged Mayo not to make that deal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, and, and he includes his brother sells racing side. farms there, so I get a free race. You'd actually have a blast. We're right by it's Defoe's dream. Yeah. We're right by the concession, the Beautiful, betting yeah. window, and the track. So keeping Defoe and Mayo, actually Mayo's worse. Mayo watches the races on his phone. On his phone, what's yeah, happening no, behind he's us? A yeah. While we're trying yeah. to do a show, so and you, you have lunch there. there. You have lunch. Oh food. no, we got well fed. Oh, you love Joe. I mean, Beja, actually, the food and beverage manager is through and through Italian, and he, uh, you would actually be akin to him. He's a really good dude. So you should you should come out one of these weeks. You'd have a good time. I would I would love you. Tell me what what Good Friday it is, and Mike Mayo, I'd be honored. I'd be honored to sit with you. Now I I don't quite. I don't quite like. I don't have a musket to put it down my throat, but I'll, I'll eat. I'll, oh, <laughs> I'll definitely yeah, no. eat. Well, he's very positive on that show. That show, you get you yeah. get a positive Mike Mayo because they're throwing food at him, and that's a very happy and, and usually he has like uh, you know one of his uh, Bloody Marys before he starts the show, but. <laughs> He's got the, you know, this crazy identity crisis going on right now where he can't yeah, decide whether he's Catholic or Easter. Jewish. He's doing Lent even though he's Jewish. He's doing so Lent even though he's after. a 100% uh, Jew. He gave up oh, alcohol yeah. for Lent as a Jew, which is a weird uh, thing. But you know, it's yeah. weird to watch one of your friends struggle like this with his own identity because <laughs> you'd figure after having, you know, a 30-year career with the Sun Sentinel, you'd have a pretty good idea about, you know, who he was at this, this stage of his life. He's 56 you know, you, years old, yeah. You, you mentioned something, uh, Jewish and Lent and all the. You mentioned something when I cut the bread the other day, like it was a matzah. Yeah. It made me think, you know, um, I'm sure. Do you st- do you make matzah brai? Who who makes My matzah brai? Uh, no, no. no. You know, I mean, I, I used to have all that stuff. I, I wasn't a huge fan, an overwhelming fan. I, I did like some things that, that were, you know, considered to be Jewish food. I mean, the knish is among my yeah. favorite items of all time. And if you go to Yona Schimmel in uh, New York, wow, get the cherry cheese. But um, gefilte fish, like uh, yeah, we have that's a sponsor hard. on the lunchbox, uh, the Delaware Chicken Farm and Seafood Market, which uh, they make their own oh, gefilte fish. Oh, they're fantastic, yeah. 
great place, man. And big oh, sports yeah, backers. That guy, Doug, is a big-time Dolphin fan. I'm sure you've come across him many times. He's always backing uh, different charitable efforts and, uh, you know, sponsoring uh, sporting events and things of that nature. And, uh, you know, but you couldn't get me to eat it, Tony. I mean, I don't care how good it is. Yeah. Uh, you know, it just, uh, you I know, agree. like when I first looked at it, it, it grossed me out. And, uh, you know, and I'm thinking, what is gefilte fish? It's not even a fish. Yeah. So... <laughs> And it's in a jar with like like this gel that looks like something that uh, you know you, you would think wow, wow how disgusting is something encased in that and um, it doesn't even smell good to me so yeah. I, I'm not a big fan of all yeah. Jewish foods my father you know, pickled herring and stuff yeah 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 my father God bless his soul man he would because he worked he worked in the rag business he worked in the schmata business he was you know working with you know the two big cultures were Italian and Jewish right uh, and and he would bring home you know he loved matzah. And we would always have matzah in the house. And then he'd bring home the he didn't like the filter fish, but he loved I'm a matzah hair. fan though. I like he, he he loved the herring. Yeah. He loved oh, the God, herring. No, oh, and God, forget and that. the the chicken liver is an all and all that. You know? Smelts so, was another thing. It's not oh, a yeah. Jewish thing uh, specifically, but uh no, it's and, not and opening up thing. a can of sardines doesn't really, uh, you know, appeal to me either. I don't know about you with the oh, little I, oil I like that goes sardines. all the way around. I, I, I like yeah. sardines. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's an Italian thing more so than, than Jewish, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Uh, matzo, though, I can eat matzos all day long, man. Matzos with How butter. How could you not? My, my personal favorite. Yeah. I can't stand yeah. matzo on any level. You don't like it? No. no, no and, I, uh, I, 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 I a matzo ball, I'm not that big of a fan of. I mean, I can live without it. My Dominican Catholic wife loves Crazy. She loves gefilte fish and matzo balls. Loves it. She gets geeked up for Passover. I'm like, something's wow. mentally wrong with you. Uh, but yes, so, it, so Mayo says his favorite is the bitter herb, though. <laughs> so let me, let me ask you, uh, what, what, you know, what do you guys do? What are you guys doing on St. Patrick's Day? Getting a little Irish whiskey going? You we'll getting a little, uh, we'll when it actually is it? Is it Friday? When, when, Friday, Friday, right? We'll be oh, at Golfstream, okay. so I'm sure we'll be at Golfstream. Joe will Eating take care of cabbage. us with some. Yeah. Uh, Oh, Irish I'm sure you'll have flair. some. Time. All right, so yeah. listen, you let me know a good Friday to come. Any Friday, honestly. We'll work We're it there. out. Come. We'd love to well, have I'm you. just not going to show up. I'm, just I'm not. telling you, can show you up you're anytime. invited. You're so come this Friday if you want, or come next Friday. I, okay. And think about this. The, the track was where this whole thing was conceived, Tony. I ran into you at Gulfstream. Yep. Yeah. That's right. Arbitrarily, That's right. You know? That's right. Yeah. And, uh, That's you know, right. we were talking. I said, hey, you know, we ought to do something on the radio. And the next thing you know, we were doing it. There you it. go. So if we don't do it this Friday, I'll do it Come a week next from Friday. Friday. Come a week from okay. Friday. Okay. A week from you Friday. Got Sounds it. good, man. Yeah. No, it's it. worth coming out there just it's to really see uh, the way Mike Mayo uh, eats. <laughs> and, and then he, he, he's, he's like downing a whole hamburger with one hand while he's watching a race on his phone uh, with the other hand going, you, you gave me the three. What? So how, does he not, how does he not gain weight? Well, I mean, I'm not saying that that isn't happening. <laughs> he goes out every other weekend on a walk in life. Uh, you know, he goes like two miles. And then... Uh, then he goes right back to doing what he's doing. No, a, a friend of ours, uh, you know, a mutual friend of ours who I actually became friends with through Mike Mayo. Uh, we were out last Saturday night at, at the Funky Biscuit catching uh, this guy. Uh, I think he pronounces his name actually Greg Koch, which is uh, K-O-C-H, but it's not Coke. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, uh, whatever pronunciation he uses, the guy is like a, a master on the guitar. Just unbelievable. And, and uh, this guy Joe was saying, Joe Cassell, that we might have to do an intervention with Mayo <laughs> on food. He's like the anti. No, what? It's not us because he's the anti segreto We literally go to this place. Yeah. Ed Garcia is trying to throw food at us, and I was just going to get a. He's like, you got to get the bone and ribeye. I'm like, bone and ribeye. To, he's Tony gets a salmon on top of Caesar salad. Wow. Yeah, that and was like, something. He's cutting up one of the jalapeno popper things, cutting it up and eating one. 
And I'm like, oh, my God. He's like the anti-Mayo. Yeah. Mayo literally has six meals in an hour and a half span. And he can't even have a, a half a, a half a That steak. appetizer plane would have been cleaned off by mayo before we even sat down. <laughs> yeah. And then he would have ordered like two meals. <laughs> no, it, it's 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 getting scary. It really is. Come out Friday. You'll see what Are we're we talking about. All right. You got it. Friday. You got uh, it. No. All right. Thanks for going, man. All right, Tony. We love you, man. I mean, uh, okay. So uh, let's go with Miami. Miami. And, uh, and I'm going with Miami. Miami. I am. I'm going team. with Miami. Yeah. And and I and it would be very uh, deflating if they lost to Drake. Uh, yeah, it would be. It, it really. It would be. It would be deflating to the fan base. You they know, I, I, I. There's reason to be excited about this team. There's reason to be excited about how a great season. Yeah, and. And people have to understand that sometimes injuries really play a major role. Like I'm telling you, I know Alabama is a heavy favorite. I, I know in, on the women's side of South Carolina. But listen, we saw what happened with one sprained ankle, yeah. you know, with, with one twisted knee, with, with, with having an off day. There are some times that, te- that teams are taking shots and it's like they have a lid on the basket. Yep. And, and that, that happens. And when you play as many games as they do in the environments that they do, and, and if they make one or two mistakes, it it's, it's makes the difference. And, I mean, there's a fine line between winning this thing and getting getting knocked out. I mean, it, it's a fine, fine line. So that's what makes this tournament great, and uh, and we'll see what happens. Yes, well, the, favorite, the favorites may just come out and win it. Who knows? But that's why we play it, because, you know, you don't know. You know what and makes I a great Jimmer for debt? Yeah, you see some guy that's just chucking him from the Coke machine. Yeah, from, absolutely. Out of bounds, and yeah. they're going in. Yeah. The guy's averaging 40, and they can't stop him, even though yeah. he's the only guy that can score on the team. Yeah. And he's like again, six feet I'm tall. Going, I'm going back to St. Peter's, that little guard, man. He was all over the place, hitting yeah. hitting threes and, and, and doing the impossible, doing absolutely the impossible, and made the tournament what it was. Uh, and when they, and, and these know. weenie schools, you usually have to, uh, you know, rely on on just ultimate teamwork, which is always fun to see as yeah, an old school guy. Not only know. that, but they yeah. they rely on five guys. They may right. have a sixth, but they're relying on five guys who are who are playing the entire game with maybe a minute or two blow here and there. I mean, if that. Does Dusty May have to win a game and then give Purdue a little bit of a run for their money? Uh, to uh, get one of these major college jobs uh, oh, by yeah. next season. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I tell you right. what, if if they get to Purdue and they and they keep Purdue in in, in a, I mean, they're not blown out by. They're within ten. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like there, that, yeah. There's no way. That, a big, big I don't know. We'll see what happens. Right, we'll Tony, we love you, man. It was great love seeing you, you. It really was. I mean, you look younger in person by far than even the youthful look you depict here on the screen. So uh, you know, well, congr- you. whatever you're doing, man. I mean, as the anti-Mayo. It's working. <laughs> and you also helped us, uh, again, I mean, a major argument we've had with Mayo over the years uh, has been, uh, like, you know, he, he'll assume that, you know, you're, you're an idiot if you order the wrong thing in a restaurant, right? Like, you go to a, a steakhouse, you order the seafood. But there you were at a steakhouse, you ordered the salmon, and it was delicious because my contention is that there's an anticipation that they should at least, if they have the item on the menu, do it pretty well. It shouldn't suck, yes. yeah. It may not be like you're at a high-end seafood house, yeah, but but it shouldn't be horrible. Right? Yeah, it shouldn't suck. It's, right. it's, uh, it's, I, it was fantastic. Absolutely uh, fantastic. Man, that was good. No, it was all yeah. good. All right, uh, going to be uh, at shenanigans today uh, with uh, Mike Mayo's Lunchbox. Yes. Um, and uh, we will see you at 12 o'clock today with that. Thanks to uh, Tony Segreno, Texas Roadhouse, Ed Garcia. That was a phenomenal time. Thank you so much. Uh, always good to know, and, and we found this to be true of all of our restaurant sponsors on the Lunchbox Show, 
that uh, they, they go the extra mile, you know, well, to uh, take is, care of their patrons. And I've never posted on Let's Eat because I, I like what it is. And it's why I appreciate Mayo because he he has it's right now we're only at restaurant sponsors, so it can have the air of, you know, uh, creepiness. But Mayo doesn't. Mayo only works with people he really likes, and Mayo yeah. has said no to sponsors. So I and I appreciate that journalist side of him. So that's why I usually don't post on that seat because I don't want they, they're not it's not made for advertising. You're not supposed to advertise. Even when we go to a sponsor and he he puts it on there, it's only to demonstrate what we're doing. It's not to advertise per se. So I didn't I don't post on there for that reason. I like keeping the purity of it. Yeah. But it was such. <laughs> And it's funny because Roadhouse has been a sponsor of ours the entire time we've been doing stuff with Mayo. So I could have posted something. It, it never warranted it to me, not because they weren't good enough, but it was like. Let me They're so home. popular, though, too. But everything's been positive when people post yeah. on it about it. And Ed threw us every angle. Like we got the yeah. we got the dessert, we got the, a mead, we got a fish and everything was good. And, it, it, and it's like, you know what? So I just posted on Let's Eat South Florida. I did a post of our dinner the other night. And. The, the responses are all mostly positive, and a couple people are like, this sounds like an ad. And I was like, look, I'll be honest. We work closely with Texas Roadhouse, but that's not why I posted because we've been with them for years, and I've never posted before. I've eaten there many a time. I paid. Whenever I go to Roadhouse, I pay, so it's not yeah. like they give me free food. You, uh, wait a minute, Olivia. I would dispute that. I've used gift certificates. You, you gobbled up those uh, freebie coupons that we were supposed to give away in contests, <laughs> and uh, you know the first six went into your pocket. I've used gift certificates, but I've also paid. And I don't blame you, because that, that was part of your compensation for getting screwed by the radio station on the pay that you were supposed to get in actual cash. But in all honesty, I went my family a bunch of times, and we paid. Yeah. Like, even when I've used... The, the you wouldn't mind paying. I mean, uh, look, uh, twenty nine ninety nine was the top price there on this uh, bone-in ribeye, which was, like, huge. And cooked, uh, you know, very, very well by the uh, people, uh, you know, that prepared it. Uh, what, what was it, uh, you know, the, the same exact quality that you might get at like New York Prime or something? Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, may, maybe, you know, it wasn't, wasn't quite, you know, the top, top end cut. But, I mean, certainly it was quality enough that uh, even the next day, I literally picked up the bone and ate the rest of it. Mayo Look, fashion. the reality is, yeah, yeah they're a sponsor of ours. They also are great. I don't feel bad yeah. promoting them, and I don't. I, I appreciate what they are, and it's Tony Segreto again, like Mayo. He only aligns himself with people that he actually believes in. Segreto is the ultimate incredible. And that meal was great. It was yeah. like it, you're at a steakhouse, you're getting a, a cut of meat that's usually sixty or seventy dollars. So twenty nine. Yeah. What do you expect? Well, it, if good. nothing had been, uh, you know, <laughs> even in, in sort of you know a, a you know family like discounted type of place. Uh, you know, well, of which there are many others uh, that are out there. But, um, you know, the reason that everybody's so happy at Texas Roadhouse, I mean, if, if they had charged $45 for that same steak, you, you would have said, hey, that, that's a pretty good deal. Look, we've both it. been to expensive steakhouses recently and had eh, experiences. You went to a place where they charge, what, 80, 120? Uh, the steak at uh, Gordon Ramsay, uh, you know, in, in Atlantic City. I mean, it's a casino restaurant, but, no, but that's I, a- I think it's sort of comparable. You know, I mean, maybe it would be 20 no. bucks less if you were at a freestanding Gordon Ramsay place. But, uh, yeah, it goes for uh, like 90 bucks. And the lady yelled, it was cooked wrong, and then the lady yelled at you when it was cooked wrong. I went to Prime One. I mean, this thing was butchered by the uh, chef. It really was. I mean, it was well done. I went to Prime One Twelve, which is known as the you know Ritzy Steakhouse. Yeah, the steak was eh. Like, and I'm not even being mean. It just it was like eighty dollars. The cheapest steak was like sixty or seventy dollars. Right, and right. it was eh. Like, not to be mean, it just was. 
I enjoyed that Roadhouse, Texas Roadhouse steak more than one of these places. Like, I'm not saying fancy steakhouses don't earn their place, but... I mean, yeah, you, you can tell the difference, uh, you know, I in, in a really high-quality place, no doubt. It just had a really good flavor. So, you know what? Good for them and what they do, and uh, people seem to be enjoying the post I put up. And yeah. uh, We will be at Shenanigans, another great establishment that does a really good job today at yeah. 12 o'clock. All right, sounds good. All right, we have to get out of here. And uh, we will uh, see you later on. Uh, 12 o'clock, Mike Mayo's Lunchbox uh, show. Um, I, I don't know if he's going to have a March Madness theme working here. He doesn't seem to be too uh, into college basketball, Mayo. Well, Pat is. This has nothing to do with Oh, Pat Utter. Okay, Pat good. Utter is majorly into sports, and he usually yes. joins us. We're lucky to have him join us. And uh, he's heavily, he owns a sports bar. <laughs> so, right. No, no, a, a great establishment. Highly, and it's a, a shame great... they had to shut down the original place, uh, but that was uh, ripped over the uh, yeah. greedy landlord and, and a guy being unreasonable. And, uh, you know, Patrick Gunner is not going to, uh, you know, be starving, uh, not to uh, use a pun anytime soon, because uh, the guy's been very successful yes. with both locations, and he's in a much more favorable position there because he owns the joint. Well, a man by the name of Patrick, well, is very vested in St. Patty's Day, but he also yeah. is very vested in the tournament. So we will talk about all oh, of good, that today. Good. All right. Sounds good. All right, we'll see you later uh, as we leave in on that. The time. It's 9.07. Let's go to eat a damn snack. Look what they've done to my show.